What's up? This is Scott Ratliff from the Archers Lacrosse Club, and you are listening to Outside the Box Podcast. Hey, this is Ryder Garnsey from Redwoods Lacrosse Club, and you're listening to Outside the Box Podcast. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box Podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are back it's another edition of the outside the box podcast right here on underground sports philadelphia it is the championship preview podcast for the premier lacrosse league we'll have a little bit of nll draft breakdown and uh talk about some crazy stuff that went down while we were at xfinity live but uh as always make sure you're following us on twitter at otb laxpod at underground phi and then uh subscribe to us on the apple podcast and leave those five star ratings and reviews or you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kyle Bennett, OTB Herm, live from Underground Studios. What's up, uh, world's best traveler? What is going on, everybody? I am so excited to be here. I just got off out of the car. You know, I was driving for another five and a half hours today. That makes 17 and a half hours total for the weekend, or for the week. It, it's been a It's been a whirlwind of a week, to say the least, but... I am so stoked to be here, dude. I love talking about lacrosse, and we get to do it at length today because we have a ton to talk about for this championship weekend, and then we have even more NLL to talk about. But man, what a week we've had. I mean, we started off on Tuesday with the NLL draft, which was just absolutely phenomenal. Xfinity, we got to catch up with guys like Chris Collins, Kevin Crowley, all of the boys that we love from the wings, and then we just kept on rolling and talking to some connections that we make outside of the NLL and the PLL. We got Ryder Garnsey coming on today's episode. We got Scotty Ratliff on today's episode. I mean, it's going to be beautiful to say the least. These are two guys that are absolutely phenomenal interviews. And you guys are going to want to stay tuned for the whole episode because it does not stop. And you know what? I think that this week we just kind of took another step forward as a podcast. And I just can't thank you guys enough for listening. So uh, without further ado, Philadelphia is coming right around the corner here, brother. Big, big week. Uh, Philadelphia, our backyard. Forever, man. I mean, this is this is our home place. This is our territory. Philadelphia freedom, as uh, old Elton John used to call it. But um, Atli taking on the Archers. Yes, we will get into that, and uh, we'll also get into Redwoods and Whip Snakes. But uh, like Herm said, Scott Ratliff going to join us this week. What better way to preview the first round draft pick game than with the man, the myth, the legend? And then to preview the championship game, we've got the kid, Ryder Garnsey, and uh, very, very excited to uh, share those interviews with you guys. But Atlas Archers, the biggest uh, takeaway so far from this before the game has even started, Herm, is that, uh, you know, worlds are going on for indoor lacrosse, and Trevor Baptiste will not be with Atlas this week. He is at Worlds, uh, so he will not be playing in this game. 
So Atlas has signed Brent Hyken, Stevenson guy, to uh, come in and be their face-off guy to potentially help them win the uh, the first overall pick. Yeah, incredibly talented face-off guy. I mean, we haven't heard much about him. This is, he's making his debut right now for the league. So, I mean, that's going to be pretty awesome, getting to make your debut in like the final game of the season for your team. That being said, I mean, Trevor's going to be missed. He's Obviously, he, as of tonight, actually, he just won the face-off, of the year, face-off guy of the year award. So when you have a talent like that out of the lineup, it can change things for sure. But... I don't think that it's going to take anything away from the Atlas want to win. You know, they're going to get after it just like they always do. Paul Rabel obviously wants to bolster up this lineup in the best way he can. They don't want to start off the same way they did this season, the next season. So they're just going to get ready to get right at uh, They're going to get after it, guys. I, I got to open up these lungs here. You know, I got to talk for a bit before I get really warmed up. We are going to have just live updates from the PLL Awards as well. Um, so we'll dive into that after the matchups, but yeah, Trevor's going to be missed. You know, he is the face-off man of the year for this league. He has helped this team tremendously uh, to set the tone for each possession. And now you got a guy who hasn't played all year long with this team coming in. You know, not cold, but cold to this league, playing in his first game, and it's you know for a, a big prize. Yeah, and um, I mean, the face-off position is an interesting one. It's not one where you necessarily have to have the most chemistry with the guys on the field. You're obviously not really involved in too many schemes on either side of the ball. So, I mean, as long as you're out there and going and winning face-offs, your boys are going to be able to fill in the gaps where you have to get possession, get middies in there to poke at the ball occasionally, you know, the little things that happen at the face-off X. Beyond that, he's just got to be calm, you know, do his thing. It's a big game, but it's not as big as the second game of the day, and you got to kind of remember that. So, I mean, it's an early start, 11.30. These boys are going to wake up, and they're going to get right over to the field. So, I mean, I'm excited for it. But uh, outside of the face-off, man, I mean, this is the same Atlas roster that we've been seeing Week in and week out. With the addition of Ryan Brown. He's been With, cleared from injury. Right. So Ryan Brown is going to play this weekend, uh, which is a big get for this Atlas offense. Completely. And you kind of see them take a step back without him in the attackman position or just attackman role that he has on this team. And, um, I mean, we're going to see some great stuff out of him this week. I mean, he's the best shooter in the world for a reason. He's not going to want to leave this season on a low note, and he's going to get after it on the field. And, you know, that's the stuff that the people in Philly are going to come out to see this week because, I mean, Ryan Brown, Paul Rabel, Chris Cloutier, Eric Law, Law, all these guys are the dudes that these kids want to see score goals this weekend. So, I mean, we might even get a little Cade Van Raphorst action up top. Noseworthy, just drafted into the NLL. Right. I mean, all these names that you love to see each and every week are just going to have to come out and show out because this Philly crowd's not going to let up on them. They're going to be out there chirping them if they can. Bit of a bummer for... uh... You know, Wings fans not being able to see Trevor Baptiste outdoors, but... Yeah, I think that a lot of Wings fans, however, did make the trip up to New York mm-hmm. in one of the two endeavors that we had there, or just another week of the PLL. So, I mean, yes, it sucks that Trevor won't be here as a Wings fan, but I think that he's doing something really cool representing the country at Worlds, so I don't think I, he'd trade that for yeah. this game, to be um, Archer's roster looks no different than it has you know obviously with the two big injuries with uh tom schreiber and jackson place they are still out they're done for the season but um that also sucks for the world's team because tom schreiber cannot play right um you can't be captain america no uh for america no real changes marcus holman will manny christian cuccinello running the attack uh 
it's worked. So yeah, it's what you want to see. I mean, if it these ain't broke, three, don't fix it. These are three of the most confident dudes in this league, and they finish better than anyone. I mean, Will Manny has just been an absolute hoot to freaking watch all week. Starting it off week one with his first archers archer celebration, mm-hmm. finishing it off this week with probably another great celebration. That's the kind of stuff that you look back around along the summer and you think, wow. Will Manny, Marcus Holman, these two dudes literally revolutionized this team for me, completely made a mark in my mind about the Archers, and honestly, I can't wait to see what they can bring to the table next season, because once they get a face-off, man, the Archers are going to be unstoppable. Not that there's anything wrong with Bones, but like once they have the necessary option in a guy like TD Ireland, I mean, that's going to be the move that really puts the Archers into a contending position on the regular because I mean no team with Tom Schreiber on it's going to see itself this low in the standings very often yeah and uh you know this Archers team has a little bit of a hometown flair to it Chris Bates Philly guy coached at Drexel um and you know this coaching staff has a bunch of, of Philly connections um so I mean this is essentially a quote-unquote home game for the coaching staff at least and obviously yeah. Christian Cuccinello part of the Wings organization too um Joey Sankey, Philly guy, uh, so this game's going to mean a lot to him, being able to play, uh, you know, where he's from and everything, growing up, uh, being a Penn Charter guy, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this matchup, because these two teams have played each other really close the two times they played each other, and... Uh, Dude, you have got to love those Penn Charter guys, they are one of a kind, to say the freaking least, jeez, it's going to be a homecoming for him. The Joey Sankey fan club is going to be alive and well. I hope it's as good as the freaking Timmy Troutner fan club in Baltimore because that was something it's like gonna be better. Never, that was absurd, man. Because but, think about everything that Joey Sankey's gone through in the last you know calendar year with his knee injuries, with the, the testicular true. cancer. It's wild, man. He's, he's going to have his own section for this game and, you know, we're, we're going to have to absorb all of that and just from a, a viewing standpoint, to see how truly loved Joey Sankey is in the Philadelphia area. Certainly. And I've waited all season to make this joke, but I got to do it last week of the season. Here it comes. You guys ready? Master Bates is going to lead them on to victory this week. We got Master Bates leading the archers onto the field. <laughs> and... And I just had to do it. You can't have Shout a coach. Out Chris Bates. You can't have a coach in this league and not call him master at least once. I mean, you just have to let it rip sometimes. Unbelievable. And I waited. I waited eleven and a half weeks for that one. So I hope you guys appreciate it as much as I did. But but it just had to happen tonight. Herm, uh, I don't think we should wait any longer. Let's kick it to uh, Scotty Ratliff and uh, preview this matchup in Philly with the the one and only. Uh, LSM for this this Archers team and uh, the man, the myth, the spiritual legend that is Scotty Ratliff. Sit tight, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our first guest of the week to preview uh, the first round pick matchup in Philadelphia with us. Kind of been a white whale for us here on the Outside the Box podcast to get this guy on the show this year and we finally got him scott ratliff from archers lacrosse club is on the line with us what's going on scott what's up man i uh happy to be here sorry to uh <laughs> sorry to be the white whale no man we I'm glad we can make it happen we're, we're definitely excited to have you on you know like when the season started and we were like all right let's get some players on you were like at the top of the list and what better way to uh you know kick, you know finish the season off than to have you on as you guys get set 
uh, to take on Atlas in Philadelphia to get that number one overall pick uh, in next year's draft. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm happy to. I'm happy to be here. So. So we, we got to talk a little bit after the game and, you know, you guys getting set for this matchup and getting that big win against Chrome. Um, what was kind of the vibe in the locker room afterwards uh, when you guys kind of got to take it all in, know that you were playing with each other for one more week and uh, got to play on the biggest stage of the season so far uh, for this league? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. Again, I, you know, I think I, I mentioned it, but um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't exactly feel to us like the biggest stage of the season, obviously, I mean, just if, if I'm being honest, um, you know, that's, that's the second game and uh, we, we wish we were a part of that, but the, uh, the vibe was happy. I mean, playing, playing the game is incredibly fun and coach Bates did, did an awesome job of really, uh, you know, we had a pretty unique, cool practice that morning and just the, the whole weekend was a great experience. So obviously winning, you know, the, the locker room was, was really happy and all the guys are, are really excited that we get to do it again. And, you know, the group me has been been really active this week. So you're always, always happy for a chance to play the game and, and a chance to be around our teammates. But it's it is a little bit bittersweet because um, obviously we'd rather be in, in, the, in the two o'clock game. For sure. What's it been like playing for Coach Bates this season and, uh, you know, just being able to uh, take in all of his knowledge of the game and uh, go to battle with him each and every week? Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Coach Bates is, you know, he, he's been, uh, um, you know, really, really fun to play for. He's got a great demeanor. He's always kind of calm, cool, and collected and has a really good perspective on things. And then, you know, he works with the offensive side of the ball. So I've obviously had, um, you know, more been playing under Coach Rash and, and, you know, Coach Bates really lets him you know, do his thing with the defensive side of the ball. And, and you know, Coach Rash has also been one of the best coaches I've ever played for. And I've learned a lot. So, They've been a, a fantastic combo along with Coach Cav, who, who's a little bit younger and, and, you know, is an awesome kind of liaison between us and the coaches. So really, really happy with uh, with our coaching staff and really excited to, you know, to get to keep playing and learning from these guys for, for years to come. Now, a lot of these teams in the league, they kind of get grouped together with, you know, the guys' colleges that they played for. Archers, you guys are kind of just, you know, a, a collection of, of really talented players that played all across the country. Uh would you say that kind of has made you guys a little bit more close-knit because you're getting to know each other, you didn't really have that past history with each other, and you kind well, of learn how you play together? I, I, to some extent, yes. I mean, I definitely some some really new close relationships, especially for me on the defense with getting to play with, you know, Matt McMahon and Jackson Place, who I, I kind of admired from afar for a long time. Um, that was true. But we, you know, our, our connection – I think is as strong as a lot of the other teams. It's just not as obvious. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't have as many. We do have a decent amount of UNC guys, but all in all, not as many guys who played together in college. But where we have played together is uh, a, a bunch of us have played on a, a team called Wimmer that plays out in the Hawaii lacrosse tournament every year. Um, and so I know, like, I've done that. This will be my fifth straight year, and, and there's probably 10 other archers who um, have been out there at least once or twice in, in those time frames. Um, a bunch of us have traveled together through my, myself and Adam Gittleman's nonprofit, uh, the Give and Go Foundation. Um, a bunch of us had played together professionally in the in the MLL prior to this, so we we did have kind of a you know it's it's a lot of the guys on that team are the guys that I consider my closest friends. Um, but again, it's just not quite as an obvious connection as uh, you know obviously Notre Dame or Maryland or some of these teams that are built around the college uh, alliance. Right, and uh, you know you look at this team and some of the guys that are on that offensive front for you guys. You know, you look, Tom Schreiber being a, an offensive-minded midfielder, uh, Will Manny, Marcus Holman, just like it, the list goes on and on. Christian Cuccinello really coming into his own, uh, you know, 
through the middle of the season right through the end. What's it been like being able to uh, just watch them go to work every day and be able to, you know, just score some of these unbelievable goals for this Archers team? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the, the three guys you mentioned there at the start, Holman and, and Manny and Schreiber are, they're as fun to watch as anybody in the league. I mean, Will and, and Marcus are incredible shooters and kind of the perfect pairing with, with Tom's skill set. So, you know, I love getting to play with, with so many different talented players because there's something you can kind of pick up and take away from all of them, and everybody has their own unique style. So it's really cool to, to get to watch those guys all season, and then obviously for me personally to get to kind of compete against Tom in practice uh, every week is a great challenge, and, and you know, we can definitely uh, can, can make guarding other people seem a little easier. Now you guys get into this draft pick uh, part of the bracket, get to the the draft pick game, uh, and there was you know tons of you know speculation that a faceoff guy was going to be taken number one overall, um, and then Stephen Kelly goes out there and wins eighty three percent of his faceoffs in New York. Uh, was that kind of just a, a statement from him, like I'm not going anywhere? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to him before the game and just about the opportunity we had. Obviously, Fields, uh, I'm sorry, Farrell on the Chromes had a great season, and Joel is as good as it gets on the wing along with Haas. So, you know, we knew we had a big challenge, and you know, we're, we're not really thinking about the draft pick and, and who we're going to take. I think, you know, we've Bones and, and Fowler both have been really good for us all mm-hmm. season, and I think people have talked about our face-off struggles, which maybe early in the season we did have some, but, you know, down the stretch – the, the second half of the season, we were, you know, we were battling every game at the X at 50% or above it. And, and both of those guys stepped up at different moments. So I think we definitely have a ton of trust in them. I, I don't think it's like a, a sure thing with who we're going to pick. And again, frankly, we're you know, every season's a, a different journey. And right now we're just worried about finishing this one and, and all that draft stuff can be figured out, you know, in the spring. And then the behind the scenes, just in this league in general, having, you know, the, uh, the social media aspect of things on you guys almost 24 seven, you know, the integration of RJ's vlogs, which is now going to be on TV starting tomorrow with Trevor Baptiste. Um, Just what are your thoughts on just how this league has kind of marketed itself and, you know, marketed the players to be, you know, that next new age of professional athlete where that social media interaction is there, that behind the scenes look is there for the fans. Yeah, I mean, I think they've done a, an incredible job. I mean, really, they're, um, you know, I think they're some of the most talented in the world at, at what they do. And, and talking about just the, the media team and RJ, and obviously a lot of that is, is Paul's vision. Um, it, it's been noticeable. Like, I, I tell people places that, that I've kind of noticed it is obviously just the way my social media following is, has grown based on the content that they provide for us. And, and, you know, they give us a lot of support and help as far as, know when to post what to post things like that providing us with really high quality pictures and videos of highlights and you know action shots and all that stuff and um, on top of all the other kind of side pieces they've done to really tell the the, the players stories and and get our personalities out there and so you know the social media numbers have have skyrocketed and then you know in in, this is my seventh year playing pro lacrosse and i don't think i had ever been stopped for an autograph or a picture outside of a lacrosse event where you know this year it's happened 10, 11 times and traveling in airports or different places where people are recognizing you. So as a player, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, they're helping you to grow your brand and, and get more exposure, which can create, you know, opportunities for us financially and, and, you know, allow us to really commit more to the game and giving back to it and playing it. So it's been really noticeable and it's, it's been really refreshing is that's obviously been kind of one of the areas that I think a lot of guys were really frustrated over um, in the past. 
and you know earlier in the season you got to compete in the uh the skills competitions at the all-star game what was that like for you just to be able to take part in that and uh you know showcase a different side of the game yeah that was really fun it's uh i think they did a great job with that as well it was, it was really cool especially you know the, the fastest man getting to watch that race was was really exciting and um you know they did an awesome job executing all the competitions and you know, having jim brown out there as a judge and, and you know a legend that was pretty cool and the crowd in la was great so the whole all-star experience was um really amazing and you know was, I'm, I'm grateful to, to have been able to participate in it and you know as you get set to take on atlas obviously paul helped found this league and everything but also plays in the league what's that been like to play against a guy who on the business side of things you're working hand in hand with to you know help grow this league to be the best it can be but then when you take on Atlas, you're playing against that same guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's unique, but it's not hard. You know, Paul's a competitor and I think every guy in the league, you know, respects and admires him. And he's done so much for so many of us as far as just mentoring us and, and helping us to, uh, you know, kind of almost follow in his footsteps of, of making, you know, this pro lacrosse a full time job. So the admiration is there but when the game starts you just go right back to to how it's always been and and you compete against them the same way you compete against anybody else and it's not hard with him because he's you know one of the fiercest competitors in the league and he's um you know he's going to be going right at you so it is unique it's really cool but i think i think in pro sports in general and not just in lacrosse you know the the athletes have great relationships and, and our friends and a lot of guys who have you know have gone through the same things to get to where they are so at this point in your career, you're pretty good about, you know, turning it on in between the lines and, and going to war with somebody, but then, you know, still having that friendship and that respect for each other uh, off the field. And then, you know, this league taking it to a, a tour-based model, uh, how have you enjoyed that, you know, just traveling from different city each and every weekend and, you know, that opportunity where you got to play in Maryland and then you also got to go down to Atlanta earlier this season as well where you're from. What were those experiences like for you, and how do, how have you enjoyed the the tour based uh, model? Yeah, of the I mean, league? It, it's been great. You know, it's it's obviously it's a lot of travel, but but I like that. It, it, it's it's fun to get to go to all these different cities and interact with the lacrosse community in all these different places. And obviously, it was really cool to get to play in, in my hometown here in, in Atlanta. Um, so that that's been great. And the best part of it has just been you know the crowds. So obviously, I've in the past just played in front of a, a lot of small crowds. Where with this model, we were able to you know, even the games that had less people were, were still, you know, much bigger than what I'd typically been used to. And so it's, it's really exciting to, to get to play in front of a lot of people. And obviously there were some really, really special places like Baltimore and, and Albany that, um, you know, packed out these stadiums. And so, um, you know, as far as that aspect, it's great. I think that, um, you know, there are parts of playing for a city that you miss and, and kind of develop, you know, playing for a community, but, at the same time, you've been seeing it down the stretch where a lot of people are building alliances with these teams. And you know, our game in Ohio was certainly there were quite a few Redwoods fans there. Um, so it's cool to see that as well, even though they, they were cheering for the wrong team. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's cool to see that this model can work and that, you know, showcasing the players and the personalities of each team can allow fans to you know have those same alliances, even without a team being tied to a specific city. So. From that perspective, it's it's been awesome, and, and the venues have been. I mean, these these MLS stadiums are as good as it gets as far as, as venues in terms of size, and the seats are right on top of you. And you know, the having the only our lines on the field is, is another huge upgrade. And obviously, the grass surface is um, really really nice to play on. So um, the stadiums have been great, and the fans have been great. The, the whole experience really has been top notch this year. And then you know, New York being the only t- uh, you know stop to go to multiple times. 
looking back at week two and how the stadium was packed uh, to that capacity to just this past weekend where that stadium was damn near full, uh, what was that like for you guys just to see the growth from early in the season to now with how many people showed up in the stands uh, rather than you know staying at home and watching on TV or streaming it? Uh, on NBC Sports, they came out and watched those games in person and just packed that place. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 awesome. It's uh, it's kind of your dream, and it, it gives you more energy, and it, it helps you to play you know better like when there's uh, when there's a big crowd there. So um, it's been just you know the, the amount of new fans I think that have been generated by you know what the PLL has done. Um, it's just been so good for for our sport and for professional lacrosse, and I and I'm just really excited to to see what Philadelphia is like and see how many fans come out to uh, to see this championship weekend. And you know, as as you guys get ready for Philadelphia, what's kind of you know you said the group me that you guys have has been uh, really popping this week. What's kind of been your guys' mindset heading into this game, preparing for another matchup with this Atlas team that you guys, you know, both teams have played each other pretty well, um, you know, pretty close and uh, all season long. What's kind of been, you know, everybody's, you know, headspace and mindset going into this game? Oh, just to enjoy it. You know, we've had some players obviously get injured with Tom and with Jackson, guys that are really important to our team. And so, you know, a lot of our messages, can, you, you never know when this can be taken from you. And so you, you never take it for granted when you have a chance to to play with and against the best in the world and, and to do what we love. So, you know, that that's really it. Again, I think it's it's an awesome you know thing that we're doing as far as this bracket and playing for the first pick. And there's obviously huge value for the for the organization there but from a player's mindset uh you know it's, it's just about capping off this season on the right note you know we're 500 right now so get to a winning record and and most of all just make sure that we're really um not taking it for granted and that we're, we're appreciating the opportunity to to compete at the highest level and, and we, you know represent ourselves and, and our team the right way and, and uh you know win a game what was your reaction to find out that you were nominated for the Brody Merrill LSM of the Year Award and the Wells Crowther Humanitarian Award? Um, I was excited. I mean, it's humbling. Like, the, the long stick middies in this league, um, you know, you could take any one of them. I mean, obviously, Kyle Hartzell, I think, had a really, really good season and has been, has been one of the best for a long time. And you know, I think Mike is, is one of the best players in the world, maybe the best um, in a lot of ways. And then, you know, some of the young guys, Troy Ray and, and Sexton, have had incredible seasons and been really fun to watch. So, it's humbling to you know to be put in that in that top two and to be nominated for that award and um, you know I'm, I'm really grateful for that and it's exciting and uh, the humanitarian award you know the same thing I mean I owe a, a lot of thanks to my my teammate and good friend Adam Gittleman who's who's helped me um, to really kind of fall in love with with sharing the game and with traveling and you know I've I've gotten to really develop a passion for nonprofit work and for giving back whether it's through coaching and or through sharing this game or through some of the leadership and personal development work I do. So it's, it's a really big part of my life and it's something I take a lot of pride in. So it's, it's exciting to, to be recognized. Um, but again, at the, at the same time, you know, you, especially at this point in my career, um, you know, played for seven years and I, and I haven't won a championship and it's hard to, to really get excited about much else besides that. You know, I, I think that, um, anytime players are up for awards in this sport, it's, it speaks to your team and, and this, you know, how good of a team you're on to be put in those situations and, and be a playoff team and get considered for things like that. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's kind of only one thing that you, you really play for at this point, and that's you know, try to get that crown. Tell our listeners a little bit about this give-and-go uh, fun that you and Adam 
you know, kind of work hand in hand with to, uh, you know, spread the game around and let people know about this awesome sport? Yeah. So the Give and Go Foundation, um, we created it, uh, I guess, about a year ago now. And, and it really kind of came about organically. You know, we both had a, a passion for traveling and we'd gone on some trips. The, the first one was actually him and, uh, and Marcus Holman and just started using social media to reach out and find you know, the lacrosse programs and all these different places we were traveling to and just offering up free clinics. And as we started doing that and then gone to more and more places and interacted with more programs, we realized that, you know, A, there was really an opportunity for us to make a difference. You know, the, the biggest thing holding these programs back were a lot of challenges that I was familiar with growing up in Atlanta, you know, as far as obviously just exposure, um, you know, putting the sport in front of people, but then also, you know, coaching and, and uh, getting proper equipment and field space and costs and things like that. Um, and every program we worked with had, you know, different unique needs. And, and we recognized that we could kind of use our platform to, um, you know, to help get some gear donations, to, to raise some money to pay for field spaces or pay, pay for a program to travel to the World Games and, and things like that. And, and, you know, really the inspiration behind that is lacrosse has just done so much for us in our lives as far as, you know, giving you a healthy outlet and, and giving you a community and, and all your best friends and all these incredible experiences. So, you know, it goes way beyond just, um, you know, getting, getting people coached up and, and learning how to play the sport better, but more just helping more people to have the opportunity to play the sport and fall in love with it and, and understand where the game comes from and what it represents and what, you know, being part of the lacrosse community means. Um, and we've seen, you know, just so many incredible examples of that happening and of kind of the, the spirit of the game growing along with it into the international lacrosse community. So we're, we're really excited about what we're doing and we have, you know, some really big goals and some big plans to, um, you know, to do more and to, to keep giving more opportunity, more people the opportunity to play the game, you know, not just abroad, but also here domestically in places where, um, you know, there's less access or, or less funds to be able to play. So we're, we're excited about that. And we had some, some awesome trips this summer, um, did a clinic in, in Copenhagen that was really well attended and, and uh, heading out again. We have uh, over 100 people registered for a clinic in Manchester that's actually on Monday. So I'll be, uh, I'll be playing this weekend in Philly and then, and then heading over there to, uh, to run a free clinic in, in the UK and get to know that lacrosse community a little bit. That's awesome, man. And, you know, speaking of Philly, obviously, uh, with the final week of the season coming up and your guys' game being at 1130 in the morning where this league games typically late afternoon, night, does that change kind of your, uh, your regimen for the week to get prepared for this game with it being in the morning? No, I think we love it. I mean, there's nothing better than just, you know, waking up and playing those night games. It's there's, you're kind of anxious all day. You, you know, you want to, you want to do it. So, um, nothing will change. You know, we, we, at this point in the season, you're really into a routine. And again, it's been nice, you know, even after losing a playoff game to still have these games, it's been a little less of a sudden end of the season. Um, as far as just being able to kind of still go through my preparations this week and, and get your workouts in, watch your film and, um, get a good night's sleep and we'll be, we'll be ready to go Saturday morning. You know, we talked about Philadelphia becoming, you know, a, a huge lacrosse hotbed. Um, what are you most looking forward to, you know, getting to Philadelphia and uh, being in the city for this weekend? Oh, I mean, it's just such a great lacrosse community. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten to, to be involved in it a bunch, and we've got a lot of players on our team that are a part of it, and, and both of our coaches uh, coach high school there in, in the Philadelphia area. So just expecting to, to, to see a great crowd and to see really one of the best. And, you know, people love to talk about Long Island and Baltimore, but you know, I think Philadelphia is as strong of a lacrosse community as any as far as, um, you know, the love and the passion for the game and also just the quality of players that, that come out of there and the level of play. So, um, you know, I love Philadelphia. My girlfriend lives there, so I, I get to go up and, and stay with her and see her and, and 
you know, I'm, I'm again excited to be a part of this weekend, excited to play, and we'll certainly uh, we'll, we'll soak it all in while at the same time, you know, trying to find some motivation to uh, to be in that second game next year. That's awesome. So you're a Philadelphian, you know, by association. Then. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, you know, just a, a fantastic seat. It's been a blast watching you play all season long and just following uh, all the players in this league. But an absolute blast watching you play this season and uh we're really looking forward to uh you know this weekend watching you guys go to battle with atlas and uh we have a a little bit on the show that for whatever strange reason every player that's come on the show that week their team has gone on to win Um, there we go so i don't know if this is going to be good vibes for you guys but we're hoping for it because uh we love watching you play man you're one of the best dudes in the league and we really appreciate you coming on this week Awesome. I really, really appreciate that. And, and I will definitely, I will take those vibes. I'll take, we'll take all we can get. So I love hearing that and we'll, uh, we'll expect to win this weekend. So Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and, and look forward to doing it again. What an absolute legend. What a twin of mine. I, I am, I'm genuinely heartbroken that I couldn't be there for the interview. I have so many questions for Scotty that don't have anything at all to do with lacrosse. I kind of want to know if he'd be down to live in a van, like, and work on the minimalist lifestyle. I want to learn more about his philosophy. I want to know more about whether or not he does hot yoga regularly. These are all the things that I'm incredibly curious about with Scotty, but um, I'll save them for another time, maybe a separate interview that has absolutely nothing to do with lacrosse, but we let the world know more Gotta about... Gotta get him on the vlog. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really long vlog. <laughs> It would it would be so long It'd that I'd be I'd, a YouTube special. It would be a YouTube special where I can't actually hold the camera up physically that long because that thing you'd starts to, to you'd have to perch the old uh tripod up I think and that do we it would, sixty minutes style. I think we would actually pull out some yoga mats, do a little bit of yoga, you know, get a nice blood flow going, and just work on the spiritual vibe of this area and talk it out. But, well, Scotty loves Philly. Honestly, uh, who said, doesn't love Philly? It's a great city. He told me his girlfriend is from Philly, so I told him I was like, you know, you're you're a Philadelphian by association. Yeah, you're always welcome in the club. I mean, Philadelphia is a as much heartbreak and sadness as they've experienced over the years, which in turn I will let that be the reason for why they like boo Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. They're accepting people. They're accepting people. They they don't fight their favorite basketball players for a reason. I mean, it's like they they have reasons for everything. They're nice people. It was out of love they fought him. You know, it was like it was like a loving fight. That's like why you fight your brother as a kid. You know, because you love him. Oh my god. Um, (laughs) And and we love Scotty Ratliff here in Philadelphia. Of course we do. We love Scotty Ratliff on this podcast. He's now one of our hashtag our guys. We. We're going to have to start a Twitter page for Outside the Box, our guys, because it, the list is getting quite extensive at this point. I'm not mad about it. I'm not at all. Oh, breaking news. Midfielder of the year, the man, the captain, Tom Schreiber. What a perfect way to end this Archer segment off. That is a great way to end the Archer segment off. Congrats, Tom. It was great seeing you last week. I mean, that that's a great honor. What a midfielder, to say the least. And I think he deserves that wholeheartedly. I, I honestly think every single one of my picks, other than like maybe one, of who was going to win these awards has won. So yeah. I would argue that I'm doing a pretty good job, guys. So we are going to go through the awards that have been announced right now before we get into uh, the championship game talk. Uh, so let's kick this off. The Rookie of the Year, 
ironically enough, is the goalie of one of the championship teams. As Tim Troutner Timmy. wins the Rookie of the Year. 116 saves and an 11.4 scores against average. Uh, Troutner obviously led Redwoods in the cage all season. Uh, he had an impressive 57.1% save percentage in the postseason as well. And uh, Timmy Troutner is your Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Thoughts? I could not agree more. As we said on the podcast two weeks ago, it was between Ryder and Trouter, Trouty in my mind, Trouter, Guppy, um, Guppy in my mind, and you know what? I mean, Ryder got just as much recollection tonight because he was on our podcast this week. That's so, like, true. I mean, it's just as good of an award, Hashtag if not science. better. And so, Timmy, Timmy deserves this one hundred percent, dude. He was the best goalie in the league, in my opinion, and nobody can change that opinion in any way, shape, or form. Shout out to the Gup. Uh, yeah, I mean, super talented, a ton of fun to watch, and he's a good dude. So, I mean, congrats on that rookie of the year. That's big. That's huge because I mean, after this year, the rookie pool gets a bit bigger mm-hmm. each and every year. It's going to be a lot different the way they handle that award. And it's not often you see a goalie win. A rookie of the year award yeah i mean goalie goalie often gets overlooked in many leagues but i mean without timmy trowner the reds would the redwoods are not mm-hmm. where they are right now defensive player of the year we thought it was pretty consensus yep hashtag our guy newman nukes jared newman wins the defensive player of the year does this one the only thing that was keeping jared out of contention and not contention but like garrett solidifying that spot and guaranteeing a win was just how they go about choosing whether they want to even talk about his two bombs because i mean although it's a huge part of what he does it's an offensive category mm-hmm. in my mind and this is defensive player of the year but i mean he plays lockdown d like it's not anything to overlook he also is one of the best defensemen in the league at what he does on the defensive side of the ball so pair that up with the offensive stuff and you got jared newman baby and that's awesome i mean a guy who literally just started playing lacrosse however many years ago really late into his career that's the stuff that you want to see and in the write-up they do mention the two bombs he scored five two-pointers this season so uh shout out to our guy the hot sauce connoisseur himself jared newman the lsm of the year our boy troy ray was not nominated uh but our guy scotty ratliff was unfortunately did not win the award goes to mike Earhart, uh the reigning mvp of the world games yep. Earhart continued his dominant streak on both sides of the ball caused six turnovers scored 13 points the most of any uh, long pole this year in the PLL. So Mike Earhart from your Whip Snakes takes on the LSM of the year. Yeah, incredibly talented, obviously well-deserved. Kid's talented. Or guy. I mean, he's a, he's a man. Uh, he's a grown-ass He's man. a grown-ass man. He is well-deserving of this. I mean, And dude, he will play this weekend. Dude gets freaking after it. I mean, we saw him last weekend. He looked yoked. Absolutely handsome devil. So, yeah, completely deserves that one. The... Uh, Short stick defensive midfielder, hard hat award goes to the one and only Dominique Alexander from those archers. Uh, one of my favorite players in the league to watch. I mean, hard hard hat is an understatement. This dude is built of steel. Absolute grinder. Freaking gets after it every single week. One of the fastest guys in the league. So much fun to watch. And you know what? Tips your hat to that guy because that is a hard award to win, and he went after it. Surrendered a league low. Ten and a half scores against average. That's amazing. Uh, the face-off man of the year, we already touched on this, Trevor Baptiste, but he won a league best 62.8% of his face-offs this summer on a way to scooping up a league-high 73 
ground ball. So shout out to the Speed Boy who got his own TV show this week. Got his own TV show and dropped merch today. So Stud. I mean, he's just on top of the world. The Speed Boy keeps on speed. Oh, I love. I mean, the thing that was tough about the show is that we've seen every clip that was yeah. in it. However, that, that's my only gripe about it. By the way, however, so dope to have a shout vlog on TV, dude. RJ or Bobby Jr. Bobby J. <laughs> Bobby J. Just did something that. I don't think Casey Neistat has done. I don't think Dan Mace has done. I don't think Jesse, whatever his name is, the prank versus prank dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is a big vlogger? Um, there's a lot. There's so many huge vloggers. I don't think any of them have ever been on TV. That is yeah, and I think the only so like, cool to me. YouTuber style is Lily, who just got the late night right, show. Right, that's right. Lily did just get that late night show, which is sick. But it's not going to be done YouTube style. Which yeah, that's the only I, other you know right. YouTube vlog personality that we've seen on a television stage. Isn't that just amazing, dude? I mean, Shout it kind of shows us the way in the world is transitioning. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely adore it, and I think RJ did a phenomenal job. I think he edited most of it, if I remember what something I read correctly. Yeah. So hats off to my guy. I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to like watch him work He's all one summer. Of, our guys. of course, he came on the show, but it's been a do pleasure we, because I mean, he does what I do. Do we have to make Bobby J merch now? That would be a great <laughs> idea, actually. It might have to. Happen. That might have to happen. Yeah, that might be our postseason shirt. Bobby J, you know Bobby Light, the uh, <laughs> Rob <laughs> Rob Deardex <laughs> Fantasy Factory. Bobby Light, Bobby Light, amazing. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys are old enough to remember Rob Deardex Fantasy Factory and know Bobby Light, you know what? Let's just take a pause. Oh boy, here it is. Let's just take there a pause. Is, here we go. If you haven't already, make sure that you go log into your iPhone, pull up that beautiful purple podcast app brought to you by Apple, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, go when it says would you like to leave a rating and review? You leave a five-star rating and a long review about how much you enjoy Babylon on Rob Deardex Fantasy Factory if you are old enough. If not, make sure that you leave a five-star rating and review that lets us know who you think is going to win the championship this weekend. And you know what? If you don't have an iPhone, go into Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and just subscribe so that you get that little notification every time we have a new episode. And just like that, we are back how we do uh goalie of the year has been awarded to the one and only blaze reardon mm, blaze nice congrats blaze, blaze led the league with a 55.8 save percentage made 153 saves including a league high 21 in week four and uh you know he he definitely helped that chaos transition game throughout the season and uh he takes home the goalie of the year his roommate Matt Rambo takes home the attackman of the year. Rambo uh, led the league in points and assists, all while dodging against the best defensive players on each team. Oh. Rambo led all high-volume passers in assist-to-turnover ratio this season. So Matt Rambo takes home the uh, attackman of the year. And I have to say congrats, Chef, but some breaking news just came across my desk, and I, I just can't wait to say it anymore. Your humanitarian award winner of the year, my boy, my brother, my twin, if we ever Our come in contact, week. he just got, you guys just got done listening to him, Scotty Ratliff, with the humanitarian of the year award, I could not agree more. I, I genuinely could, like, if I was voting for president in the next Two weeks, I'm writing his name in. <laughs> Scotty Ratliff, Humanitarian of the Ward, Year Award. 
oh, not there's not enough words to be said about this dude. He is truly a beautiful human being, just spreading love and hope across the planet every single week. And you know what? You love to see it. Congrats, Scotty. So a little last touch on Matt Rambo winning Attackman of the Year. Are we going to the Rambo tailgate? Uh, were we invited to the Rambo tailgate? I don't I guess know. The whole world was. The whole world was kind no, of we're, invited. You know what? We're Bobby not Jay going to the Lisa. Rambo gate. Sorry, Rambo gate. That sounds like uh, something that would happen <laughs> on like <laughs> some, some sort of court case. Some kind of court case. Rambo gate. <laughs> no, we're going to the Hermanson gate. Fair enough. Yeah. I might have to make a pit stop, though, over with the Rambo. Yeah, that's fine. I hear they love, like... If Tucker's there... Oh, like, if Tucker is there, he's an adorable little doggy. It's Lisa's little boyfriend. Big, fat doggy. Per Lisa, that's her new boyfriend. Apparently. Congrats, Lisa. I mean, he's a cutie. <laughs> um, the Sportsmanship Award, though, Herm, goes to uh, another one of our guys, Connor Farrell. You love to see it, man. I mean, what a handsome guy. I mean, he's really come together here. He came into the league looking a little scruffy, put it together, threw on a Brooks Brothers shirt, you know, spent a couple of dollars at that store today, and uh, really just got after it here in this picture. 54.5% uh, of uh, face-off wins this year as a rookie. That's absurd. And uh, A guy who literally was a football player in college. Connor Farrell, known to spend over an hour after each game signing those autographs. Yeah, to say the least, he's the nicest guy in the world to kids, and you love to see it. The Big Teammate Teammate of the Year Award goes to Mr. Incredible Mark Lassini. Uh, as he throws his body in front of blazing fast shots, it's hard not to see what makes Mark Lassini a great teammate. His teammates praise his poise in the locker room and fiery play on the field. We talked about this when we were going over who we thought was going to win. You know, Mark Lassini literally took shots off the head. To prevent goals. This dude Shots literally back. was like putting his life in danger. Let's be real. Like nobody in the world in their right mind just goes and steps in front of someone shot on purpose to try and block it. And this is what this man did for Except his squad. For I Mr. Mean, Incredible. Yeah, Mark he's Lucini. one of a kind. I think I own that tie actually. He's a handsome <laughs> devil. Uh, we talked about the midfielder of the year, Tom Schreiber. He racked up 37 points this season, the most of any midfielder. And uh, unfortunately, his season was cut short due to that injury. But uh, congratulations to literally one of the nicest guys I've been able to meet and get to in my to whole know life. Tom to Schreiber is literally a salt of the earth guy. Absolute hoot. Love to love to talk to him. So uh, very awesome for Captain America. The Brendan Looney Leadership Award. This one was this secured. One was it's Kyle Harrison. Um, you know he's he's part of all those community initiatives all season long with the PLL and. Uh, again, one of the nicest guys I've been able to talk to all summer long, and uh, he does a, a great job you know, on and off the field, uh, and he's a, a proven leader. And you talk about Scotty Ratliff, too, uh, the co-founder with uh, Adam Gittleman of the Give and Go Foundation, which Scotty and I talked about uh, when he hopped on the show this week. It's a nonprofit that just they go around and uh, you know, just spread the game of lacrosse, whether it's with uh, you know, camps and instruction, equipment, education to empower under uh, serve communities across the globe. He's one of the, the best dudes I've ever met and uh, a well-deserved award there for, for Scotty. And uh, as Herm just did a, a happy dance right here next to me, the official first head coach of the Outside the Box podcast wins the Dick Addle Coach of the Year. It's Andy Towers. Uh, led his team to a league-best 7-3 and record during the regular season. One of the fieriest guys. One of the nicest guys. He's our guy. Congratulations, what Coach Towers. What a freaking rocket this man is. <laughs> he just pulls up. Look at this smile he's got in this picture. If you guys are listening to this, pull out your iPhones right now. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And then 
Go peep this smile coach is throwing up here in the freaking award announcement or whatever. Handsome devil really got after it. One of the most fiery people I've ever met in my life. If you guys ever get the chance to uh, bro hug this man before or after a you chaos game, you might die. Like, have you ever been hit by a lineman in the NFL? That is what it's like. And it's all love, man. What a great uh, honor. And just hats off to Coach Andy Towers, one of my favorite human beings on the face of the earth. No, I mean, there's plenty of people who deserve this award, but honestly, this man absolutely grinded his ass off all season and completely every single ounce of me supports this decision. Yeah, so shout out to uh, Coach Towers, a, a very well-deserved award there. Um, but let's get into this championship matchup, Herman. As more awards get announced, we will uh, break them down too. But uh, the the third and final time that Whip Snakes and Redwoods will meet uh this one for all the marbles. They met in the last scrimmage at training camp four months ago. Uh, they met in Atlanta, where Redwoods won and gave Whip Snakes their first loss. Yep, I don't want to talk then, about uh, that one. Let's talk about the next one. Canada, the the game that kind of humbled Redwoods a bit and got them back on track to get them where they are now. This game, I'm I'm literally just like up at night, just like is it Saturday yet? I need this game. I need this game. I need. You know this what's game. nice about it though. It's it's at two thirty. It's not late. We don't have yep. to wait till eight p.m. You know those are nope. the ones that really kill me. No pacing when you're just around. like waiting all day. It's not like the Super Bowl. It's, right, the Super Bowl is really what comes to mind. Like, there's, dude, there's no puppy need... bowl that we gotta. You I know... love the puppy bowl. Don't don't. Oh my god! Imagine if they had a like a puppy championship for the PLL, like in the Premier Zone. Tucker would be a hell of a goalie. <gasps> oh my god, that would be the most adorable thing in the world. That's but, that should be. But there's no like the pomp move. and circumstance before. Right, we're, this we're game, just getting like after it, man. We, we, I mean, we have the eleven thirty game, which is going to be tough. But then right after it, we got this big freaking brawl that's going to go down. I mean, as bad as the Whip Snakes beat the Redwoods in the last matchup, it is not going to be that way on Saturday. You see the uh, the mic'd up clip, the extended version of it when we got the uh, the PLL mic video of Nat Saint Laurent going. There it is, you know, after the Atlanta win. Uh-huh. Did you see the extended one that was put out today? No. So there's the extended cut that involves uh, Coach Nat Saint Laurent and uh, I'm blanking on who it was. It was a Whip Snakes player, uh, but he walks by and says, "You know, you win one fucking game." And then Nat's like, you're goddamn right we did. <laughs> he's like, you're fucking right we won that game. And, uh, you know, I'm going to find this so I know who it was. But it was absolutely hilarious. Um, because, like, this is a a budding, you know, rivalry in this league, I'd say. It was Joe Lacasio. Oh, Joe. Um, he was like, you win one fucking game. And then Nat is, like, chirping at him again. And he's got to get held back by people. And he's like... Goddamn, we won that game. He's like, F that. You know, that's my favorite thing about this league. These boys can chirp themselves. And yeah, sure, fuck that. I mean, get after it, boys. That's the energy we want to see. I mean, obviously, the Whip Snakes and Redwoods have met since this game. But like, hell yeah, let's let's get after it here. I mean, these two teams are going to brawl on Saturday. Like, it is not going to be pretty. It's going to be a dirty freaking game. These dudes are, they're not, they don't like each other, I don't think, too much on the field. I mean, nobody likes each other when you're competing, but these two teams, I mean, Greg versus Joe is going to be one of the matchups of the day, man. Two very different face-off guys. Joe is probably my favorite face-off guy in the league to watch, and I think that Greg has been playing like an absolute freaking young beast these last few Mm -hmm. weeks, so I mean, 
that's going to be where so many battles are won and lost this week. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, just take all this in and uh, just the tension that is going to be there. The I think the number one storyline, obviously because they played against each other already, that's not being talked about, is the potential of Redwoods winning and Jules Henningberg beating the team he started with for a championship. That would certainly make things interesting, but um, I don't think it's going to happen, my dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just not It's not the Redwoods year. Whip snakes till the day I die, but uh, they're going to get after it this week. They're going to win win this game, and they're going to absolutely just kind of walk all over the Redwoods. Both rosters looking uh, you know, pretty stereotypical from what we've seen. Matt Rambo will play in this game, even though he is part of the Worlds team. Um, so, I mean, he's got to play for a championship. Yeah, I mean, you're not, that. if you're not playing for your championship, you're not playing, you know, so... I'm assuming Chef meets the boys after this game, you know, I mean, quick flight over to BC and then just gets after it because uh, the box game is something that he's really embraced over this last year. And so he's going to he's going to have to represent our country. But, um, you know, I'm looking at this Whipsnakes roster right now. I'm, I'm just excited. I want to see the boys out there on the field. It's like a homecoming for Bryce Young. We heard from the Hermits AD this year, mm-hmm. this week, that apparently every single person who's ever gone to that school is going to be in attendance Matt at Rambo Union being Stadium. Philly. Uh, so there's a bunch of Philly connections. A ton of uh, Philly connections, a, ton, a few Wings throughout. connections. I mean, that's the stuff that you love to see. So it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, take this in. And even, you know, just a short ride down uh, you know, from North Jersey, you've got Jules Henningberg mm-hmm. from Rutgers. You've got, you got Joe the, Nardella from The new Rutgers. boy, Connor Kelly. Connor you Kelly. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of, you know, support out there. And obviously, it's Joey Nards from game. Rutgers. Yep. Uh, I mean, can't so forget all these guys. It's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I mean, I think that Talon Energy Stadium is going to be sold out. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be the loudest venue we've had all season. Philly boy, I mean, you guys got to show out. This is our city, you know? You got to throw down. And, uh, Don't like throw down because we already saw what happened with Mike Scott. But like, chill. Just like throw down like your, all your energy and like let it out. Cheer for your favorite teams in a very respectful way and um, <laughs> have a great time. But um, dude, I mean, I'm so stoked. I think, I think as we always say with these games that uh, that's going to come down to what the goalies can do here. I think Definitely. that between Burnlore and Timmy Troutner, obviously rookie of the year and in my opinion, snubbed goalie of the year. Uh, this is this is where the battle is going to come down to on the field on Saturday. I mean, these are two high-powered offenses that can put up a ton of goals, and if your defense is not clicking how it usually is or how you want it to be, it could be a long day for these dudes in cage. And what better way to preview this game than with the kid, Ryder Garnsey. Uh, let's get this thing rocking and rolling. So we will be right back with uh, Redwoods rookie and uh, goal-scoring phenomenon. Ryder Garnsey. Sit tight, guys. All right, so our second guest of the week in the championship game is none other than who Nat St. Laurent, friend of the show, refers to as the kid. It's Ryder Garnsey, ladies and gentlemen. He's on the line with me right now. What's going on, brother? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's get started with a little, uh, little bit of fun. You know, last night was Monday Night Football as we record this, and uh, you see a member of the Jets rocking a Redwoods jersey, uh, you know, for his arrival photo. What was that like for uh, you guys? I'm sure uh, a lot of you going on social media to see that. What was that like to see, you know, an NFL player wearing a, uh, a Redwoods lacrosse jersey? Yeah, that was very cool. Um, 
you know, uh, McClendon had come to our game. I think it was in Atlanta. Um, and we've got a bunch of Jets fans on our team. So he took some pictures of them, and that was very cool. Um, and then there were some whispers about uh, getting him a Redwood jersey and having him wearing it to the game last night. So to, to see that come to fruition was really cool last night. I definitely posted that on my story. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was super cool to see that. And, uh, you know, obviously last week, big game. You guys get the, get the W, and uh, you're going to the championship game. As a rookie in this league, what's that like for you? You know, you guys clawed, scrapped back to uh, be able to get in this position. Now you're one win away from uh, hoisting a trophy. What has this, this ride been like for you uh, as a rookie for this team? Yeah, it's been crazy for sure. Like you said, after week uh, nine, we weren't in a great spot. Um, but I think that, you know, throughout the season, even after week nine, um, the confidence in the room hasn't really wavered. Um, we know what we're capable of when we play well and we've got everybody healthy and uh, there. So um, I, I don't think that this is necessarily a surprise for any of us. Um, you know, maybe it surprises some people outside of our room, but I think this is sort of where we expected to be, honestly. Um, and then as a rookie, I've just been trying to soak it in as, as much as I can. You know, it's not every day you get to play with uh, guys you've been looking up to since you were you know 10 years old so, um it's been you know an unbelievable experience so far this summer i've been having a blast and you know that story came out where your mom uh tweeted the picture of you and kyle harrison and you know the autographs from him and joe walters and everything and now your teammates with them that's just got to be a surreal like feeling for you know growing up like you said idolizing some of these guys like kyle like joe and now you're you're playing side by side with them scoring goals along with them all season what has that been like for you? Yeah, it's been unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when when I was at Notre Dame, when the rosters came out, um, obviously it had the, the Notre Dame ties, so that was sort of like the team that I was drawn to originally. But then, obviously, with Kyle and Joe being on the team, I was it was definitely the team that I was hoping that I would be able to be on um, this summer, and obviously that happened, so um, it's been awesome. Um, and then as far as playing with them, you know, I've always been somebody that's um, had a lot of confidence in myself. But when guys like Kyle and Joe, um, you know, express their confidence in you, it's really hard not to have even more belief in yourself. So I think that um, their leadership and everything has been you know, huge for our team so far this summer. And, and it's going to be again this, this Saturday. You know, you have this awesome, confident swagger about you. You know, you, you score a goal you go absolutely berserk after, and it's one of the coolest things to witness live. Um, where does that confidence, like, come from in yourself to, you know, just to be able to go out there, be yourself, and just, you know, go absolutely mad when you're succeeding out on the field? Um, you know, I don't really know. It's, it's not – I'm not really like that off the field, um, but I think that just the, the time that I've spent – you know, in my backyard with my stick um, has led me to be, you know, extremely confident in my abilities and everything. Um, so, I, you know, I don't really have a great answer for that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I've just always been super confident in myself. Um, and I think that in order to perform, you know, at, at this level, you have to be. If, you're, if you don't believe in yourself, why, why would anybody else believe in you? So um, that's sort of 
the way that I've always felt about it. Um, so yeah, and then actually, RG three is one of my favorite athletes. Okay. Fan. So, and one of the things that he when he had a documentary that came out a long time ago, and one of the his sayings was "No pressure, no diamonds," and that's sort of like that's one of my favorite quotes there. Just like you know, if it doesn't mean anything, why are you going to get anything out of it? You're not going to get anything out mm-hmm. of it. So that's just sort of the way that I've you know felt about this whole summer now see you're lucky you're on redwoods because that's the squad that i picked before the season uh because i'm a diehard eagles fan and you know you and i uh talked about this on twitter a little bit you know before the season (laughs) but we got that dub so that's what matters um but you know this season for you just you know your first season professionally what has this ride been like you know taking it all in and traveling around the country with this team and being you know, teammates, like we said, with Kyle and Joe and guys like uh, Greg Gorenlian and everything. What has this whole PLL experience been like for you, and what have you, you know, taken in most from it uh, as the season's gone along? Um, let's see. I mean, first of all, the experience as a whole has been incredible. Um, it's been really cool getting to know so many different people that I've watched from afar for so long. Um obviously I've had a chance to play with, you know, around half of the guys on our team at Notre Dame, um, you know, at some point in the last four years or so, but getting the chance to play with guys that I didn't know as well, um, has been equally, you know, awesome. Like Kyle and Joe, obviously that that's been great to get to know them. Those are people that, you know, you know, the casual fan probably knows, but people that the casual fan maybe doesn't know, like, Jojo Morasco. I mean, he wore 22 at Syracuse. Like, this guy is an unbelievable player, but the type of teammate that he is, the type of teammate that Greg is, the type of teammate that Brian Carolunas is, um, that's maybe been the most rewarding part of being a part of this team this summer. Um, and then, you know, every weekend when you're you're competing against the best guys in the world, I think that, that sort of speaks for itself as far as what type of environment that has created. And, you know, being part of this attack group that includes you, it includes includes a guy like Jules Henningberg that was brought in during the season through trade, uh, Wes Berg brought in through trade, Matt Cavanaugh, Clark Peterson, just this collection of just pure talent up front. And like you said, Jojo Morasco as well, friend of the show. Um, you know, being part of that group and just having the depth and versatility you guys have up front it's like top notch in the league. It's it's hard to argue against how much you know talent you guys have up front and how much switchability and versatility Nat has to to put lineups out there each and every week. Yeah, I mean, I can't. You can't really say enough about what what coach has done as far as bringing in the talent. Um, you know, we got Jules for Alec Tullett and I think a fourth round pick and Bergie for. Maybe a third round pick. I, I'm, maybe the draft picks are mixed up there, but some something along those lines. Um, and those guys are, you know, two of our best players. So whether it's Jules having a big day, Cav having a big day, Bergie having a big day, me having a big day, any of our midfielders having a big day, um, it's really hard for the defense to to hone in on, you know, any one guy on our offense. Um, so I think that that has just made the jobs of everyone else so much easier when, you know, if one of us isn't having a great day, we can lean on our teammates, um, you know, to pick, to pick up some of the slack that we've maybe, uh, left there. Um, and so, yeah, when you're, when you're surrounded by such an amazing group of talent, um, 
<laughs> it makes your job pretty easy. Definitely. And, you know, uh, whenever I get the opportunity to talk to Coach after games and everything, you always come up just because you're always making some sort of, you know, insane highlight play or you're just, you know, contributing to the team in so many different ways. And every single time he's left speechless by what you're able to do. What's it like playing for Nat St. Laurent and uh, him being your coach in your first year of professional lacrosse? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, since the first time I talked to him, he's, um, you know, expressed a, a huge amount of confidence in me. Um, and that's that's you know, been huge and allowed me to do, you know, what I like to do. And he's just allowed me to be myself, which is sort of the biggest part. Um, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, he's inspiring the type of guy that he is. Um, I can't say enough about that, but also, you know, coach, coach Todd Mack and, and coach Marzano are also great. So I can't say enough about the coaching staff and the environment that, that, that I walked into, um, you know, week one has been second to none. What's the uh, the tour based model been like for you? you? Know traveling to a different city each and every weekend, meeting different fans all across the country. What's that experience been like for you? That's been awesome. Again, like I mean, you know, I, I, I sort of feel like a broken record, but I can't say enough about you know everything that we've done this summer. But as far as the tour based model goes, that's been great. You know, we got to go to Canada, sort of erase that one from the memory as far as the game goes but you know we got to go outside the country which was a great experience we got to go to um two different places in la or in california la and san jose we got to go to denver we got to go to atlanta um and a lot of these places are places i hadn't spent much time in before so it was definitely cool to be able to see um all the cities and then the venues that we've played in are incredible you know a bunch of mls stadiums we played at gillette obviously an nfl stadium um, the environment at Homewood was incredible, and I had never played there before, so that was cool to play there. Um, you know, DC at Audi Field, like, everywhere we've played, um, the fans and the venue has been incredible. What was the uh, the vibe in the locker room? Obviously, we got a a glimpse of it on social media and everything, but after that big win on Saturday night, what was uh, just everybody's mindset, the vibes uh, celebrating in that locker room, knowing that you you guys were going to the championship game? Um, I think that we were, like I said earlier, we, we expect, you know, we expect greatness out of ourselves. So I don't think that, um, that was, you know, too much of a surprise for us, but I think that we were, I'm trying to find the right word for it, not relieved, but sort of, uh, you know, glad that everyone else, you know, around the league got to see what we thought we were, we have been capable of, of for so long. Um, you know, we lost to Chaos twice earlier in the regular season, and we didn't feel like we turned in our best performances in either of those games. So uh, we were happy that uh, we turned in almost a complete game. I don't want to say complete game because even though we scored 12 goals and our defense held them to seven, um, there's definitely things that we, we felt like we can improve on. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think guys were just – happy with the way we performed but at the same time we're still hungry um and know that there are things that we can improve on and you know we talked about mcclendon wearing the jersey you know walking into monday night football but to see some of these athletes and just people that are in the media uh showing up to these weekends you know we saw teddy bruski and bill belichick at gillette pete alonzo in new york uh you know the list goes on and on to see you know some of these high profile people uh in different sports and in different media outlets out at these weekends to see that and see that they're supporting the growth of the game, 
has to be a, a really humbling experience for all of you guys. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, in New York just this past weekend, we had um, uh, Robert Flores, who was at ESPN's now at MLB Network. Um, some of the names that you mentioned, um, like last night, Nash Greer, who's like a YouTuber and Vine mm-hmm. guy, followed me on Instagram. Oh, um, wow. And I don't know if that was a mistake or anything, but still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been it's definitely been humbling to see the, the amount of attention that we've gotten um, as a league. Um, it's been awesome. And then uh, you know, we talk to each player that's been on the show. We ask them about the social media uh, experience from this league because it's something that they drive, and I think they do a fantastic job with it. You know, whether it's you know video clips, the mic'd up stuff, uh, which you are one of my favorite mic'd up players. Um, you know, and then you've got RJ's vlogs and, and it goes on and on. What is, what is that, you know, new aspect, that new media aspect been like to add to this sport? That's uh, already, you know, a sport that's growing exponentially, but to have that flair for it, for you guys and for the fans to just market yourselves to just a a different audience, what's that been like? And, uh, has it been something you think is going to continue to grow? It's been crazy, honestly. I mean, I think I've gained like 10,000 Instagram followers since the start of the year. Um, And then like even, you know, obviously you said there's all this content out there for fans, but I'm a fan myself Mm -hmm. at at the same time. So it's been awesome to, you know, get up on a Tuesday morning and you've got all this different content that RJ and his team have produced. So it's been awesome to see. And I think that um, the fans have responded to it in a positive way and that it's only going to help the growth of our sport and to see the the championship game be broadcast on nbc not nbc sports not a streaming service on nbc you're going to be on national tv in a prime time spot on a saturday afternoon (laughs) what what's the first thing that comes in your head when you hear that that like you're going to be in the championship game on a major network for the world to see it's it's really crazy. I mean, it, we're we're so, so I obviously went to Notre Dame. We're sort of taking their uh, their college football spot because they played Georgia. They're now playing at two thirty on NBC like they did last weekend. So, um, it's 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 incredible. Really, <laughs> you can't you can't put into words what this means to our sport. Um, you know, hopefully we can deliver a great product on the field um, and come out on top. Obviously, um, and hopefully that'll you know, reach thousands of new fans potentially. I mean, I mean, potentially millions. NBC is everywhere. So um, the opportunity is, is just unbelievable. But at the same time, the opportunity that they've given us all summer um, to be on NBC Sports and NBC Sports Gold and some games already on NBC has been awesome. So hopefully we can uh, finish up the season on a high note. Um, you know, like you said, on national TV with a huge audience and, and give the fans a good show. Now the game is in Philly. Have you ever been to Philadelphia before? Um, I I have. I spent two weeks there after my sophomore year at Notre Dame. I actually I broke my pelvis, so I had to get surgery um, after my sophomore year. So I spent two weeks in the Navy Yard there. Oh, but so you, at I least you came to the best of the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, they the doctor there took great care of me. Um, but yes, I haven't really. So I guess I don't have the fondest of memories, right. of Philly. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting there and experiencing what the city has to offer. I think I'm going to get there Thursday morning. Uh, we got the PLL Awards Thursday night. Um, and then obviously we play Saturday. So we got to have a practice on Friday, get ready for the game, and then we'll see. And you, know, you bring up the PLL Awards to be nominated as a, you know, potentially Rookie of the Year. What, what does that mean to you? Um, I think it means that our team has had great success and that I've got pretty good teammates, honestly. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a huge honor to be nominated, um, along with Timmy, who I think is more than deserving of the award. So if he doesn't win, hopefully I can get it. But, um, yeah, it's a great honor to be, to be nominated in the first season. Um, but at the same time, I think that if you're – somebody who is a first-year player in this league and that winning the rookie of the year and, and having even loftier goals than that isn't something that you strive for, um, then you're doing it wrong. So uh, not that I expected to be in this position, but I think that um, you you work to be in this position for the last, you know, three months or so. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that um, it's a surprise, because I think that everyone in that is a rookie in this league sort of is working for this. Have you seen the trophy yet? I have seen the trophy. What are your thoughts on the trophy? Cool. It looks pretty cool. It's definitely cooler um, than the Super Bowl trophies. Definitely cooler than the uh, NBA trophies. Definitely cooler than the MLB trophy. Um, you know, if there's like if there's like a bowl at the top that you could, it has like practical use, I think that definitely makes it cooler than the rest of them. Uh, my bu- my buddy and my co-host Hermie does all our vlogging and everything. He put a tweet out. Um, you know who's most likely to break the trophy, and <laughs> <laughs> he said, for for you guys, it's Garrett Apple. Would you agree? Um, uh, no, I gotta go with. <laughs> I'm gonna catch some heat for this if I hear this, but <laughs> I gotta go with Landis. Landis has. Worst hands, <laughs> worst hands in that I'll go with Landis. If anyone's going to drop it, it's going to be him. He's going to bring it to Lando Island, and uh, things might <laughs> and get no one, shaky. <laughs> and no one will ever see it again. <laughs> um, you know, as you guys get ready for this game, uh, what's kind of the mindset going into it, knowing that you've played this Whip Snakes team twice, once really close, and you guys came out with a win in Atlanta? And then uh, kind of that, that humble pie game right before you guys started this run where they beat you 17-4, to uh, so two completely opposite outcomes. What's kind of the mindset going into this one and uh, preparing for a team that a lot of people think could come away with a win and you guys going in with that underdog mentality? Yeah, I think the mindset is just doing um, getting back to what we need to do. Um, the, the game in Canada, I think that if you ask most of the guys on our team, that was sort of something that you can just throw away. Um, we don't really put too much stock into it. Um, it was just sort of, you know, one of those days where everything wasn't going our way. We, we couldn't seem to slow any of the momentum that they had. Um, and I think that, like I said earlier, we're pretty confident in the way that we can play if we uh, focus on ourselves and we worry about ourselves and everyone's doing their job. Um, so I don't think that our mindset necessarily changes whether or not people are picking us to win um, is sort of irrelevant to us. So I think that, you know, everyone's going to do their job to prepare this week. And when we get together on Friday, we'll um, maybe go over a few things that we 
uh, might tweak because I don't think we're going to change much at all. Um, but I think the, the mindset is just that if we do what we need to do and we're disciplined, that will be all right, uh, you know, come 4 o'clock or whatever time the game's going to end on Saturday. Now, I'm one of those weird stu- superstitious guys where I've seen this run for Redwoods go on and you guys have had the green jerseys. Are you guys hoping that you're wearing green on Saturday? You know, I, I, I think about things like that, too. I'm not as I'm not that superstitious where, like, if we're wearing green or wearing white, I'll be upset or anything. But I've definitely noticed that we've worn green the last, what is it, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I you know, I don't know how the jerseys get decided or anything. But I think that if, if Coach or anyone else that <laughs> makes those decisions has our best interest in mind, um, that will we'll hopefully be wearing green again this weekend. I might have to shoot Coach a text and make sure that uh, green is in the wardrobe for Saturday for you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that we wore green when we played them the first time mm-hmm. down in Atlanta, W, in Hamilton. We actually wore green helmets and white jerseys. That was the first time we and the only time we mismatched all year. Um so hopefully we'll we'll be all green this weekend because the white jerseys in Hamilton when we got smoked, we haven't worn them since. Now I'm a big jersey guy too, and uh, you know every other championship, uh, whether it's a series or just a game, they have a patch on the jersey, and that is my one request to the league is that some sort of championship game patch is slapped on your jerseys because I think it would be a nice touch. It'd be a nice little uh you know, selling point in Philly because that's how people in Philly do. They look for the the fun, quirky things. I think there needs to be a a championship patch on your guys' jersey. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was. The way that the league has operated from day one has been first class, so um, it would not surprise me at all if there was a cool patch on, you know, our sleeve or on um, one side of our chest for this Saturday. That's all I'm hoping for. That's my one plea to Paul Rabel and the rest of the guys, you know, running the show. Just get a nice little championship patch. Make it make it special. Um, you know, and speaking of Paul and everything, you know, he's the guy that founded this league with his brother and everything, so he runs the operations, and then he also plays in the league. What was that like to, you know, work hand-in-hand hand with him from, you know, the behind-the-scenes part of it to help grow your brand, grow the league and everything, and then also having to go to battle with him a couple times this year yeah it was, it's been very cool i mean obviously if you've watched lacrosse at all over the last 10 years or so you know who paul rabel is so um and then myself being you know a huge lax junkie for the last 20 years i definitely know who paul rabel is <laughs> so being able to um first you know just like talk to him as far as when i was getting into the league um he was like yeah this is sort of how the process is going to work. Um, so that was cool, you know, from, from day one. Um, and then being able to compete against him and, and so many other guys, honestly, has been, um, you know, a great experience. There's so many guys on the Atlas that, you know, Tucker Durkin, Paul Rabel, Kyle Hartzell, that, you know, if you, if you watch lacrosse at all, you know who these guys are. So it's been, you know, a pleasure to be able to compete with these guys and get to know them a little bit throughout the course of the summer. So, Saturday, 2.30, Ryder Garnsey is playing in the championship game uh, for Redwoods. You can catch him in Philly, our backyard. What What is your message to Redwoods Nation uh, going into this championship game to uh, 
you know, one final push for you guys, one more game, what's the message to Redwoods Nation from Ryder Garnsey and the rest of the team? Yeah, I think you sort of just said it right there, and I've heard, you know, other guys on our team say it over the course of the last 48 hours or whatever it might be, and that's just one more. That's one all more. it is, one more. One more. Um, I can't thank you enough for hopping on this week. You know, as soon as, you know, you started bursting onto the scene with Redwoods, we were trying to get you on in what better way than uh, for championship week. So really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, and we will definitely be catching up with you in Philly, hopefully with a trophy in your hand, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. It was my pleasure. I love that kid, man. Oh, me too. What what a kid. Uh, once again, sorry I couldn't be there for the interview. That upsets me. However, I mean, hell yeah, dude. I mean, what an interview. The kid is he's high energy, dude, and you love to see it. I mean, he is probably one of the up-and-coming young absolute just studs of this league. Uh, he's going to get after it for so many seasons to come now. I mean, there's so many awards. Although he didn't get Rookie of the Year tonight, he's going to win so many awards over the next few years. That I mean, him and Jules together for the next. I mean, unless decade. one of them gets traded, <laughs> hopefully I mean, not. Hopefully, we cry. see these two dudes together for. They work so well. A long together. while. It's like yeah. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Yeah, I'm going to act like I understand that combi- that um, team <laughs> dynamic. It's like Brad Marchand and this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you finish that? You know, go bees. We're beating the Flyers right now. So, uh, how's that feel? This is a lacrosse podcast. It is a, I, okay, but like, let's be real. The the hockey connection's easier to talk about here than the basketball yeah. one, right? I mean, it's it's like a point guard and a shooting guard working it working I, the floor together. It's like Martian. <laughs> This guy, but shout out to Ryder and, and Scotty Ratliff for taking time out of their schedules during Patrice this week. Bergeron, this guy, um, you know, it's like Marshan and Bergie just working together up top. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I had to we, say it. We know how busy these guys are getting ready for their games, and uh, really means a lot to us for them to take time out of their schedule. But um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to catch up with them this weekend as well. But uh, let's get to the picks, Herm. Let's the final, pick the final time this season for the Premier Lacrosse League. We got two games to pick. Let's start with the first round draft pick game. Archers Atlas. Who you got? I'm gonna take the Archers in this one. I think that the old come on the podcast, win your game is going to stay true because every single person who's come on the podcast this year this year, they've won their game that week. So the Archers are gonna pull this one out. Congrats, Scotty. Thanks for coming on, and we just handed you a W. I think Archers do end up winning this game, and I think a lot of it's gonna do with Trevor Baptiste not being out there. It's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be a negative effect for Atlas, and I think And Bones is coming off the best game wait, of literally this season. best performance of a faceoff man all season. So and you love to see it. I think, you know, Archers are playing with a chip on their shoulder and playing for guys that went down, you know. Didn't get to finish the season with them with uh, Tom Schreiber and Jackson Place. So they've got that extra added motivation. I think they're going to go out there, put on a show, and uh, they're going to come away with the number one overall pick in next year's draft uh, and send Atlas uh, home empty-handed. Not necessarily. They'll have the second overall pick, but uh, Archers are going to win this game. And like Herm said, hashtag science. Championship game. The, The rivalry gets one more chapter in 2019 you you look at the connections we've built with these two teams this year you know we already had a connection with matt rambo because of wing season he's one of our boys joe nardella coming on the podcast this year uh you know we figured out the legend of the milkshakes with with joey nards 
um, Ryan Drenner, just Mike Chan and Chuck. Like we we built a, a strong connection with this Whip Snakes team. Even Coach Staggs, just an absolute legend. And then you look at this Redwood squad too. More connections we built. Nat St. Laurent coming on the show. Jules Henningberg coming on the show. Ryder this week. Jojo Morasco. Greg Garenlian was our very first guest this in the season. PLL. Yeah. In the PLL. Um, I mean, that's a lot of people. We've made connections with a lot of friends. We've Friendships so we've this built. Game is, You'll it's, love it's, to see it's it. It's personal for us because we've got guys and we want to see them succeed. And uh, it's going to be an absolute brawl Hell in this yeah, matchup. It is. And plus, you had Kyle Harrison on the vlog. Oh yeah, how the hell did you get Kyle Harrison on your vlog? <laughs> I don't know. What Maybe I talked to him. Um, you guys would get it if you were like you know, there. We've, we've just Sorry. built so many connections with both of these teams throughout the season, and watched them play, watched them go to battle, and it all comes down to this, Herm. Yeah. For the first championship, that beautiful glass trophy. It, I'm just waiting for someone to break it. That, that shit's going to break by the end of the first night. There's no way in hell it doesn't. I don't even care if it's made of Gorilla Glass. Somebody breaks that freaking trophy. And Ryder did say he disagrees with your Garrett Apple take. Does he? He said it's going to be Matt Landis. Oh, actually, I can get with that. Landis is a goofy motherfucker. He's going to take, oh, it, to, I didn't, he's gonna oh, take it to Lando Island. And he's going <laughs> to... Is he going to drop it? He's going to hand it out in pieces to Oh, that's everybody. excellent. Um, you think he breaks... I, I bet I, someone should try and freaking Gronk smash that thing if it's up to me. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't just hand someone a glass trophy and have them not try and Gronk smash it. Okay, no. Better yet, you don't hand someone a glass trophy and tell them that it's impossible to break and not have someone try to break it. I mean, at that point, it's just like a I'm pretty, challenge. I'm pretty sure they've got hashtag not a sponsor for us, Corning's Gorilla Glass. Okay. protection on that bad what board. are they gonna do make like 20 of those things you never know uh but let's get to the pick all right who you thinks redwoods for the title i'm you taking the redwoods <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh i got the uh whips, Ex- whips explain, in four explain your choice whips in four you know i think that they're gonna come out game one absolutely demolish them Come out game two. If it was a seven-game series, yeah, whips and four. Uh, Whip snakes just take it all four times. No disrespect to my boys at the Redwoods, but that being said, I think that the Whip snakes have been the best team in the league all season long, and they're going to carry that through the championship game. I mean, it's going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong, but I think that we pull this one out in convincing order or fashion at the end. Redwoods got that wake-up call in Canada. After they lost to Whip Snakes, right? To but four. you know what? You've been riding this little wave here for a few Let's weeks. Listen, okay, I'm listening. Since they've been rolling this uh, this lineup out, ever since then, it has worked. I uh, I've infiltrated some uh, you know some back doors here to uh, make sure that Redwoods are rocking the green jerseys. Oh yeah, you made that happen. Yeah, all right. Me, me and Ryder made that happen, and. Uh, this this streak for Redwoods is not ready to come to an end. The, oh, the, the theme has been hashtag one more. We've seen Jules throwing that up there all over social media. You know what's kind of heartbreaking? Uh, I will get a little sentimental here. When Kyle Harrison posted his one more picture today, it was with his parents, and I'm like, shit, this is the end. <laughs> this is the end <laughs> for this man. I'm going to cry because I, I just don't. I'm not ready for the end of Kyle Harrison's across Hashtag career. one more. Redwoods. 
they're coming away with the title. I can't wait to get bear hugged by Nat St. Laurent after the game because you know it's coming. The, and uh, The funny thing about this is whoever wins this game, I'm going to be cheering. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said with Scott Ratliff and Archers, the theory is there. The science behind it. Ryder Garnsey came on the podcast. Redwoods are winning. It is, it is a guaranteed is, win. I, I can't. I set it in stone. Not, I cannot go against the gods and how they have had all of the people who come on the podcast win. It, it's, I'm incredibly terrified of that. It, it is completely true, and I do believe that you have a distinct advantage this weekend because so, of that. But The kid is going to come through but, but, for but, me. But, 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 Chef Rambo in Philly whips in four. It's going to be fun, um, but I'm sticking with my guns. The MVP has been announced, Herm. Ah! It is. Matt Rambo. You know what? The Jim Brown MVP is going to bring home the championship. That is a badass MVP, MVP award. That is an amazing... Did he get Jim Brown's stick? <gasps> I think that's Jim Brown's old stick. Oh, it is. Or no, 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 no. That's a new one. It's a replica. Yeah, it's a replica, but still. Oh, congrats. Well, first of all, first of all. Shout out to our boy. Shout out to one of the coolest dudes I've ever met in my life, to say the least. But first guy to ever wear our merch. First guy to wear, ever wear our merch, which is pretty dope. But congrats on the MVP. Well deserved. I said it weeks ago. I mean, this is the guy who his team wouldn't be the same without him in the roster. And we learned that each week in and out of the season. So um, hats off to Chef. That being said, let's take this BDE into Saturday. <laughs> we will see. Uh, I'm taking Redwoods. Herm's taking Whip Snakes. We're both taking Archers. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're going to be in Philly, please tweet at us. Let us know, and uh, we'd love to meet up with you because we are in our backyard. And, yep, uh, I got stickers and a vlogging camera, so, so uh, let gonna, me know. It's going to be a blast. We're getting there very early. Um, like incredibly early. I so, mean, probably Friday night around 3 a.m. This is how Philly tailgates. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have a bonfire going. <laughs> so We're going to be make burning sure Redwoods jerseys. No, that's not <laughs> happening. Uh but if you are in Philly, make sure you let us know so we can come find you, say hello, and all that good stuff. Because if you are there, we'd love to meet you. And Yeah, uh, you know, I love getting new people on the vlog every week, meeting you guys, signing autographs, giving out stickers. You know, the usual stuff. It's, it's tough one, being a celebrity at times. One yeah. last thing. Who is your championship game MVP? Oh, this is going to be tough, but you know what? It's going to be a sneaky hot one. Are you ready for this? Michael Chaninchuk. Okay. I two, can get with I it. think he drops a couple two bombs and really just changes the way that this game ends. Mine is uh is gonna be sneaky. No, I know who you gotta pick because he came on the podcast no, this week. I am not going with the kid, although I wouldn't be shocked. If the kid wins it, you know why. You know why. Yeah. It's that it's that, that podcast energy, but I'm going with Lando Island. I think Matt Lando Really? I think he's he's wow. just he's on another level right now. I mean, yeah, we I saw what he did last week against Connor Fields. Literally shut him down. Right, I and can get with that. If he just continues to play the way he has since that seventeen to four loss and being back in the lineup, he's gonna. Be, you know, he's gonna be on Matt Rambo. Oh yeah, I mean, he's gonna shut down Rambo all day long. But then again, do they go five on five like they did against right. the Chaos? Because that really worked. I mean, we beat them by a whole lot. So if that if that's what they want to do. If that's the game plan, I'm. I'm totally down. Or Matt if they Landis. even want to just double that double chef and go five on four. Matt Landis I'm always is going for that. to uh, win the MVP. And granted, this is if Redwoods wins, Herm's pick is if Whip Snakes wins. Right, of course. Uh, 
if you had to reverse it, if Redwoods if end up I had winning. to reverse it, I'm taking Ryder Garnsey okay. strictly based on the fact that he was on the podcast this week, and that is completely... Big podcast energy? Huge podcast energy. Like, the biggest of podcast, Like, OG Mudbone energy. I'm going uh, simple, basic, to the point. If Whipsnakes wins... Uh, it's gonna be Matt Rambo. He's gonna put on. He's gonna attempt to put on a show right in his backyard. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna want to put on, and he's the, a big big reason why Whipsnakes are where they at right are at right now in this championship game. And if they go on to win, he's gonna be the reason why. So Matt Rambo would be my pick if Whipsnakes ends up winning. Yeah, I mean, I can get with it. I just I don't want to see them shut him down again and him just chill behind the cage. Yeah, uh, so and that happened. Let's have a good championship weekend, boys. The final PLL weekend of the inaugural season. It's been an absolute blast covering this league. Oh, it's been a hoot. I mean, I'm kind. I'm, I'm honestly going to probably tear up next week in our season recap show. Uh, don't be shocked. It, it might happen. Real men cry. Real tears. But uh, it's been... We were talking about it the other day. I mean, me as a media member, I was obviously still very new to the scene at the beginning of the summer. But we, we've grown tremendous amounts i've traveled places i didn't honestly think i was going to be traveling this summer and i've made connections with so many so many so many people and honestly i never would change i wouldn't change one thing about this summer so it's been one hell of a ride and let's uh finish out strong here let's finish off with some steaks maybe maybe some like good lacrosse and popping some champagne maybe some champagne at the end maybe a few brewskis after at the old uh talent energy stadium talent uh, maybe we go downtown for some brewskis maybe maybe we head on broad street maybe we go uh, do we, do we that's have a what parade has to happen do we, we have a, a parade down broad street should we throw our own parade it's gotta happen imagine if we you're organize. in philly we i mean dude every city throws a parade know, for their winning but you're team. in i'm saying you're in philly you got to go down broad street to, to mean, go celebrate they they should take the party bus down broad street for sure that's gotta happen do you think they already ordered the party bus if absolutely. so will they still go out if they lose absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh you'll love to see it okay i have a little bit of a thought question of the week here for you though do we see the Icebreakers Championship patch on the jerseys this weekend? Ryder Garnsey said he would not be shocked Okay, if we get a championship patch um, just with how the league does things. Please, for for the love of my sanity and just my jersey OCD, mm-hmm. put the goddamn patch on the jersey. Yeah, you love to see it, you know, I mean... It would look great right up the on logo the, looks sick you know, but with the Icebreakers logo. They couldn't do it unless they do it on the sleeve. They couldn't do it for the Atlas though because they have the Capital One logo on there. That's true. So that that makes things a little bit interesting. But maybe I mean, maybe because the, the league is rigged, uh, that's why Paul already had the Capital One logo on the jerseys at such a early stage. He's like, oh, I mean, it's not like we're going to be throwing championship patches on here. We might as well. I just... say I say you lob it on the sleeve because you look at you know. Uh, I mean, football, you have it on the chest. Baseball, Baseball's you on the have sleeve. it on the sleeve. Hockey, you have it on the chest. And Soccer, and hockey, I don't you know also what the hell they do in that sport. Hockey, if I'm not mistaken, it might be the 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 outdoor games. They might have it on the sleeves. Oh, they do on like the on the, uh, the shoulder classic. on the Winter Classic jerseys. Okay, maybe, I mean... I could see it on the sleeve. No matter what, we're going to have some dope uniforms. I hope that That they... Icebreaker's PLL logo is pretty It's sick. pretty fresh, dude. I mean, uh, Icebreaker... Fresh, I see what you did I there. wasn't even on purpose, you know. Not a sponsor, you know? keeping the breath minty fresh. Yeah, no, you have to. Especially for people 
a vlogging type because you're, you're talking, <laughs> talking to, people to people all night long. And let me tell you, it's tough. Um, that being said, I mean, a lot of great awards went out tonight, man. I'm stoked. But, I mean, you know what else I'm even more stoked for, to be honest with you? Actually, not more, just equally as stoked for. NLL the season, NLL right season, the baby. Right around the corner. It is going to be one hell of a freaking. What? I mean, okay, let's talk a little pre-draft really quick. Great to see the guys. Riptide. Riptide bring in freaking Miles Jones. This is like well before the draft, actually. Yes. Miles Jones bring in bring it in to the indoor game. I had called this probably We both talked about this months We both ago. had talked about it like months ago, probably eight weeks On ago. and off pod. Right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This is something that we have been uh, in the works with in We've our minds. We probably speculated for- about this. Probably I, since, since Atlanta, even at like, least. No, 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 no. Actually, now that I think about it, I honestly think that we talked about it during the indoor season last year when I made that crazy ass assumption that they were gonna trade Paul Wright, Rabel's rights out to San Diego. Yeah. I think that I had something along the lines of, oh, I wouldn't be shocked if Miles Jones also did this to work on his stick skills mm-hmm. right before the PLL season. That being said, we brought it up again in Atlanta when. I think that was when the Riptide were first announced, and we know he's a New Yorker guy. So, I mean, this is what you want to see, dude. Well, we talked about it more in Atlanta because New York was a thing. Like, they were established, and uh, we brought it up in Atlanta because we weren't sure if he was going to do it. Right. But then we were like, you know, if he plays like this full-blown gives him that year-round lacrosse career. Right, and And I think for so long you had to basically live off of doing endorsement deals all winter long and doing stuff with adidas and now that he can have the contract with the pll and play nll comfortably it's something it's a great time it's new york and i think the biggest swaying point is that the new york riptide are literally the indoor pll squad yeah dude it is he's gonna have familiarity with a bunch of these guys just personality wise and just human interaction wise and then guys he's played with like jake Fricaro is gonna be on this team ryan brown ryan brown connor kelly Connor Farrell got drafted to the New York Riptide. Shout out to our boy. Um, you know, this team is Matt Cavanaugh is part of the New York Riptide. Yeah. And it was funny, though. The other night, I mean, we were talking to an inside source. Don't need to name any names here or anything. But he was telling us about how Miles has been chirping people about the in- indoor game. He thinks it's going to be a little easy here. <laughs> the, the transition's going to, it's going to bite him, I think. I mean, I I'm, don't think I'm, he's used I'm to it. I'm so intrigued to just see what he's going to be I think to. he's going to need to lift a bit more and just you learn how to use that big old body of his, man. He's going to have to use that big old ass and just you push what, guys down to the cage. You know what we need to do, Herm? We need to get Miles Jones or Ding Ding shirt from our friends at Design I would Street. love to see Miles Jones freaking just drop the mitts this year but i mean our buddies at design tree Herm, they've got all of our outside the box podcast merch on our underground sports philadelphia storefront just go to dsgntree.com search underground sports philadelphia you get all that good stuff our ding ding shirt we've got the newman nukes t-shirt that jared newman now possesses we've got our chef rambo shirt that matt rambo has worn on his instagram while he's cooking it's on brand Plus, you got the logo shirt that you can get that me and Harm rock all the time. Mm-hmm. Use the promo code DSGN5 at checkout for $5 off at checkout. And follow our boys from Design Tree on Twitter at DSGNTree. They do a phenomenal job with this merch for us. You don't want 
anybody else doing your merch and i mean these shirts are like the most freaking comfortable thing i own mm -hmm. i literally wear them every day to class i even had a professor yesterday tell me that he likes my shirt i rocked the otb I mean, shirt underneath you, my button down to the draft it. yeah it was comfy right it was soaked it was up lovely. any sweat that you had for I, sure i did not sweat it oh was, it i was, was sweating my balls off in that suit but like <laughs> if i were sweating hashtag if I, I mean if i wore undershirts under my shirt I would have certainly wanted to have a design tree shirt under there, but I don't because uh, undershirt underage is my motto. And um, you don't need anybody confusing me at a bar because uh, there's no undershirt. But, so uh, uh, the yeah. NLL draft took place, and first of all, Herm doesn't know that I'm – shout out to you and Alex and just what we were able me? to put like out. Me? Like you're talking to me right now? Yes. Oh, I appreciate you. Shout out to you guys, the content that was put out on social media through the vlog – us being able to get those pictures of the first round picks I, like yeah. that from Alex, Alex was did a, unreal. Alex did the best job. The social I exposure mean, we unreal. got from teams, you know, shout out to the Saskatchewan Rush, shout out to the New England Black Wolves, shout out to the New York Riptide for sharing our stuff and, uh, you know, interacting with it. Also the Calgary the Roughnecks. Calgary Roughnecks, I mean, uh, the Wings. The Wings. Shout everyone. out to the Wings team that was there. Oh, a shout like out to all to my girls with the media team with the Wings now. Got to meet the new people, new people. The new media people. You guys are awesome. Uh, but shout out to Shout out guys. to everyone, we, man. We, I mean, we have the best lacrosse team, content team, you know, out there. Shout right. out to the PLL. Because they do mean, the thing, but they got the funding. We're doing right. this on our own, and I it wouldn't be done without you, without Alex. So shout out to you guys. You guys had a hell of a night. You killed it, and uh, couldn't be happier to be working well, side by I, side. I appreciate that like 47-second blowjob, but here, let me give you one. <laughs> Uh, sh shout out to Kyle really quick for keeping you guys updated on Twitter. If you guys read the outside the box tweets, I am not nearly clever enough to come up with the stuff that he puts out there. He's the one who keeps you guys updated on Twitter. So, I mean, shout out to you for always being on that stuff for literally 24 hours a day. I mean, I can't do it. I, I sleep are gonna far too much, soon, but like, but we appreciate the hell out of you. The arthritis bills will be paid by us one day. And, um... Let's just get, Let's into, get into it, man. I mean, Tyson Gibson going number one overall the, literally shocks the entire drop. room. Everyone in the room, I mean, you guys, I'm not going to mention any coaches, but we're really close with one coach in this league. His jaw was quite literally touching the table that he was sitting at. And like, even pre-draft, though, uh, shout out to the Wings media team because we got to reconnect with Paul Day yep. before the draft. Kind of get a, that it was Paul Day who's like chin was touching the table or anything. <laughs> kind of got an insight on how he was going to attack the draft, and I think he did just that. Um, and we got to catch up with Brett Hickey, too. Very yeah, awesome oh, I to see love Brett. Brett. He's doing dude. well. So our Wings listeners, we know there's a bunch of you. Um, Brett Hickey's doing well. The boot is off. He, his foot's he looks feeling great. great. Oh, he looks He's healthy. He's excited to get out there. He's ready to get after it. I mean, he is one hell of a dude. But uh, the first round, Herm, I'm going to read off the picks, and then we can break everything down. Like you said, New York goes Tyson Gibson, number one overall from Robert Morris University. Uh, Rochester then goes Ryland Reese from Mike Chanichuk, Stony Brook University. Yep. Uh, the Kevin Crowley pick uh, for New England, they go and get Andrew Q from Who? the University of Tampa. Great guy. Big box guy, though. I mean, kind of shocked he didn't go number one because of all the box experience he has. He was but the predicted number one pick, and hey he man, falls I to was, New England. I was saying Tyson Gibson all in the, like for three weeks before this draft. So, I mean, don't call me a mind reader or genius, but I am. Saskatchewan from Vancouver goes on to take Holden Garland. 
uh, from Canisius College. Great pick. I mean, Halifax. Shout out to my boy Steve Wisniak, really quick at Powell Cross. Excellent articles you've been putting out, my guy, and former teammate, I think. So, uh, congrats. Halifax, this is a fun fact here, Herm. They take Clark Peterson from Redwoods right. and from Cornell University. Clark Peterson was drafted number five in the NLL. He Guess was also he was drafted. drafted number five in the PLL. In the PLL. You know, and he's going to be a freaking translucent freaking player. I don't even know if I use that word right, translucent. But transcendent? He's transcendent, translucent. It, it's all the same. But, was, like, he's, he's going to freaking too, kill it in Halifax, dude. We got to talk to Tyson Gibson and Clark Peterson. The The mashups, sights, and sounds from the NLL Draft Pod will be out soon. I just got to edit it all together. But Clark is uh, one of the nicest dudes. He's super excited to be going to Halifax. And uh, he's going to be a big part of that offense, and I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, you know, with our boy Kyle Jackson out there, too. Uh, Colorado then goes on to take the first defenseman uh, in this draft, Warren Jeffrey, who is Kevin Crowley's doppelganger with that mustache. Uh, Calgary then goes on back-to-back picks. They take Liam LeClaire, the first non-college player taken in the draft from Six Nations Junior A. freaking name in the league. What a beaut. Absolute great dude and then uh with the san diego westberg pick they go on to take hayden dixon so now calgary has curtis dixon and hayden dixon um and then saskatchewan has the ninth pick there they go and take justin robinson from robert morris uh so they take tyson gibson's teammate you guys want to know the real mind boggler of the night we probably won't talk about it because he wasn't in the first round Keegan Bell gets drafted oh. to the Vancouver Warriors. Now they have Keegan Ball and Keegan Bell. Have fun with that one out there, boys. Uh, New York from Toronto via Saskatchewan with the 10th pick takes Tyson Bomberry from Syracuse. Huge pick. Now, love that kid. It's all through the grapevine. New York was thinking about taking Tyson Bomberry number one. Right. And he's such a and young talent. And he fell to number 10. Uh, Georgia takes Cason Tarble from Cornell. Buffalo takes Brent Noseworthy, who we'll see this weekend playing for Atlas. Uh, from the University of Michigan, and then uh, Georgia from Calgary. You know who else is from the University of Michigan? Tom uh, Brady. So it's Kyle Jackson. Yeah, I mean, all this talent just coming out of the University of Michigan. Georgia from Calgary takes uh, Ryan McSpaden from Mercy College. Halifax then kicks off the compensatory round, taking Trevor Smith from Rochester Institute of Technology. Got to talk to Trevor as well uh, after he got picked. Uh, Toronto takes Aaron Forster from NJIT. Yep, and uh, you know he had the best smile of the draft, I'd say. Cutie, absolutely. Uh, Saskatchewan uh, then takes Tanner Thompson from Marquette, and then New England rounds out the compensatory round with Zach Goodrich from Towson. Uh, also, shout out to uh, I believe it was Justin Robinson who had the drip of the night. Oh, with the suit thing was or no it was actually fire. tanner thompson it was tanner thompson it was the drip of the night yeah that, that suit was that black and blue flames, suit was dude. beautiful um overall thoughts though on this first round and how it went uh we basically had 90 percent of the guys in the pre pre rounds or uh what are they called mock drafts mm-hmm. uh only a few surprises other than obviously number one two honestly uh, andrew anyone before andrew q would be a surprise so uh beyond that i mean i wasn't too surprising a lot of guys that we ex- anticipated going out and then i mean where it really got interesting was rounds two and three i mean that's where we saw big names that we just really didn't consider to maybe play the box game number one for me obviously connor farrell coming into this league so hype he is going to be one of the most talented freaking look face off guys island. 
in the freaking league. He and Trevor are in the same division now. I mean, he is going to absolutely be able to play transition in the box game so well. He won't have to worry about too much stick work. He can use that big body of his, and he's just going to get after it. I'm going to love to see what he can do. So looking at the second round, we're going to go over the Wings picks because we are a Wings demographic, and then some key highlight picks as well. But Wings first pick, uh, 20th overall, they take Alex Pace from Brock University, yep. forward transition. A young Kyle I, Matisse. That's what we said. You know, yep. it's, a, it's a young Kyle Matisse uh, in the making. And then Paul Day pulls the trigger, trades up uh, in the second round to go back-to-back. And they take Matt Marinier from the Burlington Chiefs Junior A. So much freaking talent he coming from this kid. He is the biggest defenseman I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. He's huge. He is like 6'5". He's going to be so damn talented. He already has so much box experience that he's going to bring into the NLL. And I'm so excited to see how he can bolster this roster. I also got to talk to Matt. His interview will be in the Sights and Sounds mashup. Uh, he's very excited to be playing in Philadelphia. And it was, I mean, so, be? It was so cool. To see all the guys from the Wings that were there go over, greet him, take his his first picture in a Wings hat and uniform with him. Uh, one of the, the coolest uh, sights from this draft. Uh, you know, Zach Manns gets taken by Toronto. Drexel guy. Yep. Um, that's a Gonna big pickup. really well. That's a big pickup for that Toronto offense. Um, like we said, Connor Farrell going to the New York Riptide. Very excited to be able to see Connor year-round now. Yeah, and, you know, he's just going to be able to do a lot of stuff to grow the sport in the indoor game now because, you know, he's turned into one of the faces of the PLL. I mean, don't, it's not going to take too long to become one of the faces of the NLL, too. Now we get to the third round. Herm had already left because he had to go back down to uh, Virginia, but the Wings with the 36th pick in the draft, as soon as it happened, I called Herm, got him on the phone, and I was like, dude, you're not going to believe it. And I said, what? Did you get drunk? The Wings <laughs> drafted Loyola University forward Pat Spencer. Pat freaking Spencer, the basketball player. What? What? We picked up a basketball player? No. no we have the rights to him for a little while. Because Pat's going to be playing it. basketball at Northwestern this year. Of course. But and he's freaking talented. I told him, I was like, if he ends up playing next year, because we all know this has been a three-year plan for Paul Day. Last year was year one. This is year two. Next year is the big dart throw, because we all know who's in the draft next year. Yep, Herm. And <laughs> it's me. If they compare Mr. Nanticoke with Pat Spencer, with Matt Rambo, with Kevin Crowley, with Kyle, with Blaze, with Blaise. Justin Gunnarding. I don't think Blaze will still be on this team like, if we get to Hoka. <laughs> the, depth, the depth on this team is going to be absurd, and... Uh, I I was like, let's go. Like Pat Spencer's, we have Pat Spencer's rights. Yeah. I I mean I'm ready thrilled. to watch that big old body freaking do some work in the NLL. He's gonna he's too talented not to just absolutely demolish this game. I mean it's gonna be a big transition from the field, but I think that he's gonna just absolutely destroy it. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, some other local the the name of the draft Cam Dunkerley gets yep. taken by Saskatchewan. Um, so that was Buffalo taking awesome. our boy from this week, Ryder Garnsey. I mean, you love to see it. Shout Congrats. Out to he's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but he'll figure it out. I think he's going to be a sneaky, fun transition player, like a That's Darren what I was saying. of yep. the NLL. He's a little bit smaller than most of these guys, so he's going to be able to be shifty and uh, make some magic happen for mm-hmm. Buffalo. TJ Camizio from Villanova gets taken by yep. Georgia. Um, Travis Longboat, another hashtag name guy, goes to New York. And then uh, we get to the fourth round. 
New York takes uh, Jack Rowlett, a guy we've gotten to you know, cover this season, yep. playing for chaos. He's uh, not going to be afraid to slash dudes in this league, that's for sure. Adding to the indoor PLL squad. Then uh, 51st overall, the Wings take a forward Kyle Marr from Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Incredibly talented. Uh, 53, Philadelphia from Halifax, takes local guy Dave Smith from the University of Virginia, was the team captain for Virginia. Led uh, them to that natty champy. Right across the street. He's excited. He's a Shawnee guy for our South Jersey listeners, so he's local. Uh, I got to talk to Dave as well. Dave is also going to be a future guest on the podcast, confirmed. You'll love to see it. Uh, so very excited for that. I was talking to Dave's dad uh, after he got drafted, too, and he said, you know, this past four months has been an absolute whirlwind. You know, we go from him winning a national championship, being team captain for Virginia, uh, you know, being local and winning it in Philadelphia, then going to the ESPYs. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no better stage than that. And now getting drafted by the hometown team, uh, you know, He's very excited. Dave was really awesome to talk to, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Paul Day can do with him as a transitional defensive kind of player, Um, and he's very excited to get started. And then, uh, you know, looking down the list, uh, just a a ton of talent depth-wise was taken, you know, throughout these these later rounds. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 66th overall comes around, and Xfinity Live lost their goddamn minds. Because Jordan Krug was taken Jordan University. Uh, Cabrini, I mean, D3 champs, baby. They have been one of the powerhouses of Division Three lacrosse these last few years. And Krugie is, I mean, he is a household name in Philadelphia already. I mean, there the was no God. way... There was no way the Wings weren't taking this guy. And, I mean, he's going to be a stud with the Wings. I mean, he's a big body guy. He's a big dude, just to say the least. And I think that he's going to do a lot for this Wings squad. He had his hair up in a man bun. And you then as soon as he got the, the hat... Bun. He let the Thor flow go, and uh, another fun fact, I got to talk to Jordan, got to talk to his dad as well. His dad's very excited, but uh, Jordan Krug, also a confirmed future guest of the podcast. So, I mean, you guys better be ready for wing season because, I mean, or even just this off season, we're going to be hitting you guys mm-hmm. with a lot of interviews, so get ready for it. Final pick for the wings in the sixth round, 79th overall. They go defense, and they take Austin Fusco from Syracuse. Yep, uh, played right behind... Tyler Bomberry most of that year. So, I mean, you love to see it. Tyson Bomb. Or Tyson Bomb. Sorry, you guys. There's so many Bomberries. Too many Bomberries. I'm getting tired. It's late. So, Tyson Bomberry, I mean, very close teammates, very similar players, very talented. You love to see it. And um, it's going to be it's a lot of a lot of And then it's going to be something. The, uh, the only other shock of this draft was 87th overall. Georgia had the pick. Time expired, so they did not get to make the pick. Yeah, that's yeah, everyone but, that was still at Xfinity Live kind of just was looking around like, what? You know what? You know what they're gonna call that or say? It was because the fans were just so freaking electric down in Georgia that they were on the phone all night because season ticket people, the lines were to just be blowing honest with up. You, when we were looking around, I don't even think Georgia's representatives were still at Xfinity Live when that pick came around. Really? Um, so they oh, lost that pick. But they were just too busy on the lines with the season ticket holders. They're selling that place out every single night. The uh, shout out to the broadcast team. They oh, did they a fantastic killed job. It. Teddy, uh, Devin, Mike drop, Steven Stamp, Steven well. Stamp. Yeah, uh, I mean, those those dudes fucking destroyed it. And then you know you just the only uh, upgrades I would say for next year. Later rounds got to be a little bit quicker. Yeah, I think after the first round, every round should be one minute. I mean, you gotta be ready. You you gotta be on your toes. You know when your pick's coming up. I just did an NHL fantasy draft, and I was done. 
each pick within 10 seconds because you know if you're prepared you know where to go we were there late uh, it was a late night for your boy i'm still trying what, to get what time my... did you get back i got home at like 140 oh geez uh, now i understand why Devin was saying that she we like... left xfinity live obviously because i was still uh you know chatting i got to talk to uh Coach Akersey, too, uh-huh. from Halifax, which was awesome. That'll be in the mashup. I got, you know, catch up with Dana and Jen from uh, New York now. And uh, so we were talking about some things, working out some logistics. Confirmed we will be in New York. January 4th. January 4th. Yep. So, you guys will see us there. Um, Buy your tickets for that Riptides Wings game now. And, uh, you know, just a, a lot of stuff going on, too, catching up with people that we haven't seen since the winter. Um so I, I left Xfinity Live at midnight and got home pretty late. There was some traffic. Obviously, the Chris Brown concert was going oh, on was that the street. Out? Oh, my God. Um, so there was, you know, the holdover from that. And uh, it was a long night for your boy. I and, can't uh, even imagine. I'm sorry. I but, was... you know, we had to get the content. We had to get those interviews. I mean, and we got two confirmed future guests now because of it. You'll so. love to see it. It's a grind. It never sleeps. And, uh yeah, we met a ton of cool people that night, too. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, it was kind of funny. A funny story of the night here. Um, we are just chilling. I think I was on my second rum and coke. I was just loosening it up a little. And um, these three guys come up to me, and they're like, hey, what do you do with the league this time? I'm like, okay, we do a podcast about lacrosse. I do vlogs, you know, the usual stuff. I'm a content creator. And they're like, ah, oh, I think we're going to start a podcast about construction. I'm like, oh, what are you guys going to, like, talk about? Like, mending some beams together or something? <laughs> He's like, no, we're just going to, like, tell stories and stuff. And Honestly, that would I be think, entertaining. I actually hell. think that that would be, like, the greatest podcast I ever tune into. Oh, my God. But I uh, gave him some tips on how to get started and everything. But that was great, wonderful, met a ton of new people. Um, Overall, and- though, Herm, uh, with this draft, you know, we talked to Paul Day before. He said it was going to be very defensive heavy mm-hmm. because the forwards on this team are kind of set right kind of got away from that because i think of just how the flow of the draft right went. i think that the flow of the draft changed a lot of picks there what are you what would you grade the wings picks i'll go over them again i give so the can... wings a b plus so the wings picks this year alex pace forward transition uh pat spencer who will not play this year but a forward nonetheless uh kyle marr a forward uh, then they go Dave Smith, transition defense, and then they go Jordan Krug, forward, and then they round things out with Austin Fusco uh, on the defense. So, overall, you said B-plus, B-minus? Yeah, I give us a B-plus just because, you know what, we did what we had to do to bolster the roster. I don't think there was any moves we could have made that just completely send us into what we need. Mm-hmm. We don't need anything. And the only thing we gave up from that trade up uh, in the second round was uh, we sent a 2021 second round pick to Georgia. Right, so we're not terribly worried about that, and you know what, I was totally all right with it. Yeah, and a B plus. I mean, it, we were good, but we, it, there was nothing great that needed to be done. I mean, mm-hmm. Toka's not till next year, so. And this draft, Paul said, is a, a very big depth draft. So yeah, completely. I was and thrilled with the picks. Uh, I would give us an A minus, just a- because I think A range is going to be where I put like the Riptide. And yeah, the, I would give the Wings an A minus though because they were able to get all this talent without a first round pick. I can get with that. Okay. That's so, a good that's a good Paul logistical to, reason. That's know, where they get the plus in my mind though. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I think that A minus B plus is about the same grade mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I mean they were able to navigate this draft without a first round pick. Um that and being still said, come away with a ton of talent. Who who is your winner for the night? Because um, mine is very 
just clear. Like I've put it out on Twitter. But. I think I think there were four big time winners. Okay. New York, big winner. She's the biggest winner in my opinion. Um I think New England from the first round pick standpoint was uh-huh. a winner because Q fell to them. Right. Uh cool dude. Hal- that was awesome. I love talking to him. Halifax had a hell of a draft. Halifax did have a great draft. Yes, um, they did. Saskatchewan had a hell of a draft. Right. And they bolstered that roster. They didn't really need too much, but they filled four gaps that they really needed and that was great but uh, honestly dude new york ripped this thing apart and i'm intrigued by what buffalo did interesting yeah i mean rider it was obviously different is a cool our pick. boy rider yeah um but they did a lot of interesting things because that team was so deep last year too right. they added more depth to it and they i did. think it's going to be very and they lost key components like sean evans yeah. i mean you don't replace a guy like sean evans you just can't so... and the way that the riptide and rochester attacked this draft too they know that they're still building. Right. They didn't say, oh, let's go for the gusto. I just am so intrigued by what the Riptide are doing, this all-American, mm-hmm. like, freaking New York, basically, team. And I hope that it works. I mean, they kind of remind me a lot of the Atlas, though. I look at their roster right now. I'm like, wow, this is very, very talented. They should be good. But I'm kind of afraid. going to be growing pain. I feel like it's going to be a little bit like the Wings last year. Like, we looked at our roster, and we were stoked going into the season. Yeah. We thought we were going to win every freaking game. And, you know, we didn't. Obviously, we won three. So I think that's going to be a similar case as to what we get with the Riptide. That being said, I think that they killed the draft. And I think the Wings, had, the Wings had a hell of a draft, like I said, without a first-round pick, still being able to do what they did. And for Vancouver, having the least amount of picks in this draft, having three picks, they hit every pick. Yeah, certainly. So shout-out to our friends at the Warriors. But uh, final thoughts, Herm. Um, as we head into the final stretch of our lacrosse week, the PLL Championship game is here. It's crazy to think that this season is coming to a close. Um, final thoughts for this episode. It was a beautiful episode. Long one, so I hope you guys stay stay tuned that whole time. Um, final thoughts, I think I'm going to need a Red Bull sponsorship coming up here because <laughs> I've been staying up pretty late. Um, yeah, and that's about it. I mean, it was a pretty... It, Although it was a longer one, it flew by, so I, I love talking to you guys. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod and at UndergroundPHI for all that good content on the Twitter.com. And same handles on Instagram at OTBLaxPod, at UndergroundPHI. And uh, make sure you're following Herm on Twitter at OTBHerm. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger for that one. And uh, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know who you think won the NLL draft in terms of how they drafted, who they picked, who was the steal of the draft, all that good stuff. Uh, And leave a nice little message for Scotty Ratliff and Ryder Garnsey as well in your review. And uh, if you don't have an iPhone, Get ready for that upgrade. That iPhone 11, hashtag not a sponsor, is coming out. Mine's coming in the mail tomorrow, actually. That bad It'll boy. probably be cracked by the time you guys <laughs> see me at the championship game. And uh, you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. But this has been another exciting episode, episode number 72 of the Outside the Box podcast, right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Herm, I'm Kyle. We will see you guys at Talon Energy Stadium on Saturday. So until then, we are signing off. Peace.